11 o'clock comics episode 194 (laughs) that was messed up it was really messed up that was awesome I don't know if I'd call it that. <laughs> oh, Christ. We should talk because it's really low. Very, very... Oh, yeah? Mellow? Yeah, mellow music coming in. So. Oh, you can say whatever you want. Call. Happy New Year, buddy. Merry New Year. Salute. It is, isn't it? It is. 2012. Enjoy this one. It's the last one. Be true to yourself in 2012. Dork. Because you won't have another shot after this. Well, Vince, did you see the email from Cameron? Yes, I did. He's embracing that. He should. He is. Well, he, you what really do don't have a choice, you know what I'm saying? Um, did he, what is that in the background? Sit, hold on, sorry. Are you playing Skyrim? No. Here. Is he, Jason? I can't hear it. I can hear something, but I can't make it up inside, though. Oh, no, no, he's li- no, he's listening to crap. No. <laughs> he's listening to crap. Yes, Cameron is doing something for 2012 where... What is it, Chris? I, I only breezed by that part because I wanted to get to the meet to tell what the folks at home. I think it was one of you. It was me. Okay. Yeah. He's the guy that lives in Chicago. I'm the guy that lives in Jersey. Sorry. <laughs> Holy <laughs> mother. Uh, so, yeah, no, it, uh, it is the... One second. Uh, the 12 months of end of the world sales. Nice. <laughs> yeah. In stock trades. First up is January of Image Comics, 45% off. Top Shelf Comics, 48% off. That's a good deal. Every, every, everything must go. <laughs> Dude, my thing is, is if you're really going to have an end of the world sale, though, it needs to be like 80% off. Yeah. The, who cares I mean, about profit markets? Right, but there was that say, right, if yeah. you, so why even sell it? Just give it away. Sure. That that's the big deal on the, all the paranormal boards. The dudes that believe in 2012 being the last year of everything. Oh, I wish I had found some of those crackpots mm. back in what May that were like, "Oh yeah, it's coming." I was like, "All right, give me your house, bitch." That's the thing. That's what they're saying. All right, if you really believe this, give me sign everything over to me: your bank account, your car, yeah. your house, everything. Because you're not going to need it. You'll be up in the sky in in the fifth dimension, and you'll be happier without it. The fifth True. dimension. They had a. They were pretty popular back in the 60s, right? They did sure guys, were. Did you guys see Red State? No. I yes. heard it was good, though. Yeah, I, it yeah, was. Man. I did. Yeah. One I mean, of my I was bands, favorite, favorite yeah, bands, by the way, Vince, uh, Rare Earth. Yes. Which that you would like. I do like Rare Earth. But I heard it was actually a um, a good Kevin Smith movie. No, uh, stop. He, well, he's, he's made more than one. It's been a while. It has. But, uh, yeah, I agree. It has been. I mean, I, Yes, but it's um, I I was home from work actually, and I I, I decided to watch it. It's, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. I Me just, neither. It's a massive I, departure from anything he's done before, which is what, probably yeah. a good idea. Yeah, and and it's it's I I like David w- watched it solely on the buzz of, hey, it's it's pretty crazy. You need to watch it, and I I I, I have enjoyed Kevin Smith a lot more than I've not enjoyed him. So I I popped it in, and it was a nothing like I expected, and b pretty badass. Yeah. Well, didn't, didn't he lose it over some kind of not being? Uh, answer me. There was no tip of the. I didn't hear what you said. There's no tip of the hat to him, so he got all pissed off and and on the Twitter or something. Kevin Smith got got wacky about Red State that it wasn't acknowledged. Mm. Am I not? 
you I don't I no because idea. he did all this. He did all this on his own. I mean, it, it, there was no. I I watched it on um, on Netflix streaming because I know I guess it was only in select theaters or it was very limited. It, it, I guess it was kind of like a touring thing, but um, no, I didn't. It's not something that I'll watch again anytime real soon. It's I watched it and I watched it with the, with thinking that if it was something I think Renee might like, then. You know, I'm watching it ahead of time, but as soon as it kind of started to, to stray a little bit into some areas, I was just like, she's not going to be down with this. But it was, I mean, I thought everybody did a fantastic job, and I'm not a big, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to feel about, about the kids at first, about the teenagers, but I didn't, I didn't dislike them. I didn't, uh, I, I felt for a lot of people in it, but everybody was just great in it, you I feel thought. for a lot of people in general you actually care about what your wife wants to watch what the hell is that david what's wrong with you he loves his wife it's crazy it's the longest introduction ever by the it way. is you know what the, we're, you know what we're introducing we're introducing 11 o'clock comics episode 194 and i that's me am vince b yes you are and i'm christopher neesman you is I'm keeping, this, keeping this fucking train on on the tracks i talk right. over people so glad you're here <laughs> Sorry, David. Go ahead. It, it's all right. I'm still David Price. Oh, you are. And, of course, I am Woodrow Dijak, the Khajiit Thief Warrior. Wow. I'm not even going to re- I'm not going to re-say that. Re-say that? I'm not going to okay. repeat it either because you are Jason Wood, sexy man in the house, and this. Well, well, welcome to 110 Skyrim. That's right. I'm also Fane of Whiterun. Oh, God. No. Oh, let it go for like two so hours. Fane, Fane of Markarth. I, I'm a uh, I'm a tenth of the dragonborn. Uh, you you'll you'll appreciate you, this. And you can uh, say that with a straight face. Seriously. I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a tenth level wood elf named Prisoner. Nice. This yeah. cuckoo's nest has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember that URL because the January discounts are out. You know what you can get? You can get Rage More, number one from Dark Horse, which features the return of the classic creative team of writer Jan Stranet and Richard Corbin. Wow. It's 350 cover price, but you're not going to get it for that. You can pay $1.75 for this thing. Over the street at DC, all issue number seven of the new 52 are 50% off in bulk. Uh, the cover price of Night Force number one will also be sliced in half. Get How it for awesome a is that, by the way? buck fifty. I know. Yeah. And the hardcovers for the first wave of the new fifty-two. You can get uh, Snyder and Capullo's Batman Volume One, Court of Owls, and the Wonder Woman thing, and the Green Lantern book, and the JLA first volume are all fifty percent off, right across yeah. the board. Fifty percent off. And over at Boom. Exile on Planet of the Apes, number one, by the red-hot team of Betchko and Hardman. Uh, this is the uh, created in the wake and compounding on the events of their wonderful Betrayal of the Planet of the Apes mini. It's just like part two. Cover is $3.99. You'll get it for $2.19. That's 45% off. Lots of discounts at DCBS this month. Go over there. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. And... David, hope you're ready. If you're a first-time uh, customer, you can enter this code in the file in the slot and get an extra eight percent off. What's the code, David? It's my turn. It's me. E O C eight. That's right. What he said. E O C eight. So you get an extra eight percent. If you order everything fifty percent off, you're getting fifty-eight percent off. Craziness. Don't be a fool. DCBService.com. 
Go Crazy there. Crazy cruise. That's right. Mm-hmm. Chris, do it, Chris. Oh, it is our uh, drink roll call. Um, Vincent. Hi. Why don't, why don't you lead us off? All right. I got to uh, tip the hat to Mr. Valor Phoenix, who suggested I drink this, and I did, and it's good. It's from Sam Adams. It's called Black and Brew. It's a coffee mm-hmm. stout. Oh, nice. Ale with coffee added. I like it a lot. And on deck, I have a regular old bottle of Sam Adams Boston Lager, and I have a bottle of Magic Hat Ravel. R-A-V-E-L-L, Ravel or Ravel, which is a porter brewed with vanilla. Huh. So I got coffee and vanilla going you get, on. You get in touch with your feminine side tonight. There you ah, go. It's all right. She's uh, kind of hot. She's perky. It's nice. nice. Yeah. Excellent. A little coriander uh, mix in there or something? Or? <laughs> uh, Gallo Family Merlot. <laughs> yes. Nice. Love that stuff. Uh, Mr. Woodrow. Well... Uh, I'm uh, heading to uh, Sin City this weekend. Ah, so, uh, in, in, in honor of my uh, my impending trip to Vegas, I am <laughs> drinking something that I'll be drinking lots of in Vegas in the casinos to keep me up while I gamble the night away. And uh, urine. That is a little diet Red Bull and vodka. Oh my God! Yep. You. When, when are you going? I am uh, leaving Friday morning. Damn. So How as people are listening come? to this. Driving to work, I will be heading to Crazy Horse Two. What? What? <laughs> you bad, you bad boy. Um, for my first drink of the new year, I'm breaking I'm out. Yeah, like I doubt the that drink for you of the new year. <laughs> no, first well, my first, of the my new first year. drink on the show. Ah, okay, okay. Shit, I'm already. Two whiskeys and ginger ales to the wind. Uh, but for my first one on the show, uh, this is something I've been waiting a really long time to have. Uh, and I've, you search for it and search for it, and it's only available in limited quantities uh, at certain times of the year. And I actually wrote my uh, my comic shots article over at uh, at I I at I fanboy this week. Uh, this was my drink pairing, and it is the Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA. Yes. And uh, uh, for for folks that that kind of follow craft brews and and, and that kind of crazy stuff, uh, you'll know that this is uh, this is one that gets talked about a lot. It's uh, it, it's only made a couple times a year and and done in limited quantities. And for a a twelve ounce bottle of of the one twenty, it's like ten dollars for a twelve ounce bottle. Um, but that's not that crazy because you really should share it with someone like I'm not doing tonight <laughs> because it's a it's a, a incredibly heavy hopped India Pale Ale that is about a 18 percent alcohol. So you can drink wow. beer and whiskey. Like the what? You can drink beer and whiskey together. Didn't you say yeah. you said you had two whiskey and ginger ales or something, and now you're drinking yeah. beer? Yeah. Wow, but I heard, you know, you're, I you're not those, supposed to do that, are you? No, it's beer and wine. Oh, because right. okay. beer and whiskey is what boiling. Uh, <laughs> but it, but anyway, the the, it, the this this 
particular beer gets a reputation for for being incredibly heavy hopped, and it's surprisingly not as hoppy as um, as some other IPAs that I've had. It's uh, it's incredibly sweet uh, as opposed to being overly hopped. It's uh, uh, Dogfish does uh, a sixty minute, a ninety minute, and a hundred and twenty minute IPA, which kind of goes back to how long. Um, the mixture is boiled before you know the fermenting par- process, which uh, you know, kind of you know imbues it with with the, the hops. But it's it's uh, almost a sickly sweet uh, pale ale, but it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's not quite a liqueur, but it's it's dangerously close. But it's still definitely a beer, and it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty fucking amazing. Dude, it's, al- it's almost it, a dollar an ounce. Uh, yeah. And you know, like I said, it's you know, it's eighteen percent. It's it's sickly sweet. So it's honestly something that a twelve ounce bottle you would want to split it with someone and and have about six ounces of it and and that's probably enough for, you know, like a good hour of sitting back and sipping. So this uh this twelve ounce bottle will you know it should last me the uh the entire episode. If it if it doesn't, things might get a little out of out of hand. Yeah, I'm banking on that shit. <laughs> so there you go. All right, make it clap. It's delicious. Mm. How's so it been two years. Well, good, but yeah. you have some explaining to do to the folks at home, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were going to do something this week, but now we're not. Oh right, right, right. Oh well. First of all. I don't know who said we were doing it this week. It was me. I think it was, it was Chris. We never it do it Chris. the right the, the, Yeah, the I know. After. I know, but it was so. I'll be talking about it next week. I don't want to publish it to you. We were in the yeah. holiday spirit, so I don't want to burst this bubble. <laughs> so those waiting to find, we are, the 11 o'clockers, as we mentioned on the forum this week, are not happening this week because, uh, number one, people need some time. First of all, the year just wrapped up. People need time to, uh, you know, get their votes in, finish up their, 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 Ballots. Attention to that, anyway. Yes, Read and some since, presents. Uh, since we're back to the grind after uh, some of us had uh, extended breaks, the, for me it was start of a new fiscal year, all that good stuff. Uh, this week wasn't going to be a good week for me to compile the massive. By the way, kudos to everybody. Massive amount of votes. Uh, very impressed with the number of votes we've gotten in such a short period of time. Uh, so we're going to be hooking it up next week, and the week after will be the 11 o'clockers. Cool. So to those at wondering if it's too late to get your votes in, it's not. Um, realistically, you can go and update or start your votes, uh, I would say, up until probably um, the like evening of next Monday. Um, and then I'll probably lock the thread down and uh, just so I can f- just finish tabulating everything. But uh, So you got a few more days. you got... Four or five more days plus uh, the chunk of this weekend. If you if you're still looking to uh, contribute, and by all means, we would love uh, additional votes. So there you go. And I think it's a lesson learned because if anyone pays attention to me, they now know that whenever I say something in relation to the business side of this podcast, I'm probably wrong. Because like last probably. week, I was like, okay, you're done. You can't you can't vote anymore. You just gotta. I you know, thought you were to... kidding, actually. So. I know. I thought it was the truth because I thought we were doing it next week. Give Jason's time to do it. The so only thing I... you know about business is uh, back in the day when you had a mullet. That's right. Because uh, you know the business. And the... I, ha... dude, I had a bitch of a mullet, long ass mullet. I did. I loved it. It was my strength. And then it and then it got cut off. You have your license from when you're back in the day when you had a mullet? I had my wedding photo. I have a huge mullet. No, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 
That's oh, hilarious. Yes. That's, awesome, was, that's pretty sexy with it too. It was so awesome. I do that so so myself. Awesome. I'll put. I'll maybe I'll scan it one of these days. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what <laughs> what do we got, dude? Well, we got comics. Let's Come talk on, some comics. I'm not starting it off. Why not? New. No, because I'm gonna. Now nah, I don't want to do it first. I got. I'm gonna ramble, and I don't want to get okay. into it right now. All right. Well, I got a little something. Um, I have uh, been remiss of late in reading the uh, House of Ideas, um, and uh, a that's a problem. Yeah, Ooh. that's a problem because uh, I buy a lot of Marvel books, so my regime on the Marvel side has gotten ridiculous. So <clears throat> I just been powering through a bunch of uh, titles that are like six, eight issues behind on. And the uh, the one I wanted to uh, highlight, uh, also because the trade just came out a few weeks ago, uh, is uh, Jason Aaron's uh, not not ultimate but penultimate uh, arc on Wolverine, um, which uh, wrapped up about three months ago. It's it's uh, the arc's called Wolverine's Revenge, and it uh, ran from uh, issue number ten uh, through issue number. Uh, I believe 16, if I'm not mistaken. 15 or 16. Um, Why so, is he seeking revenge? Well, right, exactly. Um, no, but I have to say, the one thing about Jason Aaron is, you know, he's he's actually been writing Wolverine off and on for pretty much since he got his start in Big Two Comics. Um, and I think he writes a great Wolverine. That was his very first story. Yeah. He, won, he won it in a uh, a Marvel contest. Right, that's right, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then he did the Get Mystique stuff, and then, of course, he had the... Uh, Weapon X series, and then he moved on to this. Plus, he's doing Wolverine and the X Men now. Um, he did the uh, uh, Astonishing Spider Man and Wolverine limited series this past year, which I thought was terrific. And the cool thing about Aaron uh, on Wolverine is that he's done two things that are very hard. One, he has found a way to tell uh, new Wolverine stories, which, uh, as we've talked about on the show, is not easy because he's been in a lot of books. Um, he's, you know, his character's well established for what makes him tick, and uh, so it's it's kind of often that he can feel one note. Uh, and Aaron's managed to to find ways to to make the story seem fresh. That's not easy. Uh, and two, he's also been great at uh, playing with genres. Uh, he's done Wolverine in a horror setting, like a psychological setting, in an espionage setting. He's done comedy. Um, he's really run the gamut, and so. Again, I think it's pretty hard and impressive to see one author be able to take so many different aspects of a really well-understood and popular character, uh, and in some people's eyes, probably way too overexposed, uh, and 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 tell fun, fun or interesting stories. So uh, this arc, um, in a prior arc of this series, and by the way, there's going to be spoilers, so anyone that doesn't want to find out what happened in Wolverine six months ago, because uh, then don't listen. Eh because uh, I don't know how else to talk about this and praise it without getting into some specifics. But um, in the prior arc to this, uh, a group called the Red Right Hand, uh, which is like this clandestine organization type of thing that has a lot of influence, uh, sent Wolverine, um, made a deal and sent Wolverine to hell. And uh, he was actually in hell, and he had to fight his way out, kind of like a Dante's Inferno thing. Um, and it was pretty that, cool. That's where we saw Puck, right? Yeah, exactly. Puck was there, helped him get out. Um, Wolverine's dad was there. It was pretty cool. I mean, I, I thought the it, it was fine, but that of all of Aaron's stories, I thought felt a little bit um, like we'd gone back to the well because while Wolverine was in hell, which was kind of interesting, his body was being possessed by a demon, and of course, killing and ransacking on Earth, and and we've done that story many many times, right? Where Wolverine loses control. So like half of it was kind of new, and the other half was I think a little rote. 
But as Aaron has proved time and time again, he clearly had a path in mind, and that gets to this arc that I want to praise, and that's Wolverine's Revenge. So Wolverine basically gets back to himself, gets him back into his body, and of course he's he's livid, uh, and he wants revenge. So he tracks down uh, the, the Red Right Hand, and, and over the course of, of really this entire run on Aaron's book, we've been introduced to the Red Right Hand, uh, met some of the membership, and the membership is not anything nefarious at first glance. There's an, an old... Uh, like a, a probably in his late 80s type of old man that seems to be the leader. No real power, not tremendous amount of, of resource. There's a, a middle-aged woman. There's a young um, African-American boy. There's uh, just a, a bunch of different, there's a, a sort of a working class, uh, you know, trucker hat wearing, overall wearing, you know, southern uh, guy, maybe our age. There's just a whole bunch of what seem like regular people in this, this cabal and, and makes you wonder what the hell, how would these guys, what is their common link that allows them to get at somebody like Wolverine? And um, slowly but surely, he puts the pieces together and he eventually finds out uh, where they're holed up, where the red right hand is located. And he heads there um, and he he gets to this place and it's clear, although he doesn't realize it, it's clear from the red right, right hand's membership side that this is all a plan. They keep talking about uh, they're going to get their revenge uh, by letting him come and attack them. And uh, there's a little bit of like a Jones Farm aspect because as he's getting nearer to it, they're saying, well, now we're ready. We're going to get revenge. And it looks like they're getting all ready to commit suicide um, as he's getting ready to attack them. And, and you're reading the arc and you're thinking, well, I don't get it. Like, so Wolverine's going to show up to kill them and then they're going to be dead. So that's going to somehow give like get revenge. Like that didn't make a lot of sense to me because Wolverine's killed so many people. I didn't understand what they were getting at. But when he gets there... He has to go through five, uh, like superpowered beings, and it's like Enter the Dragon style. You know, he has to go in like each room. He goes and fights one, kills them. Then the next one comes out in the next room to fight, and he has to go through five of these badass uh, characters. And during the whole thing, of course, all the membership of the Red Right Hand are watching it on a big screen in the next room, waiting for him as he gets ever closer. And they keep saying, "Okay, it's not not yet, not yet, but we're going to do it soon." And Wolverine's just tearing through these these five these five superpowered beings one one after another, and as he's fighting each, which is pretty much each one or two per issue, you're getting backstory on each of the members of the Red Right Hand, and you come to find out that the the common ground here is that each of these people lost one or more of their closest loved ones to Wolverine over the years. Oh, okay. The old guy was a boy, and his family was slaughtered by Wolverine in a berserker rage. The trucker guy, um, and it's cool because Aaron interweaves a lot of the key moments of Wolverine lore. Because you know we've talked about not too long ago what the seminal Wolverine story was. So the little black kid was uh, in this story has been adopted by the old man, the leader, but his his birth mother was a Shield agent who was killed during Enemy of the State. Um, the trucker guy, <laughs> the trucker guy lost his pregnant wife and unborn son because she started giving birth. And they were stuck in traffic when Wolverine and Hulk were fighting back in Hulk 181 on the highway. Oh, nasty! That's nasty. Yeah. So, like, each of these people were were um, were you know were not only affected by Wolverine, but they were Aaron ties it back to like key Wolverine moments, right? Um, Which was awesome. So they all have this. Does Charlie show up? No. No. Damn. Okay. And they spend so so this, the the leader has spent the better part of his life, like seventy years, you know, building to this moment. So 
and again, I'm going to spoil it because this makes it so badass. And I know none of you guys are regular Wolverine uh, readers. Um, he he kills the fifth, the bad. You know, these are all like badass super. He kills the fifth one, breaks into the room, getting ready to like go berserker rage on these people. And when he walks in, the 50, 60 members, however many there are, have all done the Jones Farm thing and drank poison and are laying there dead. So he he's looking around. And he's like, "What the f?" You know. And again, I'm sitting there thinking, like, "Well, I don't get it. Like, how's that revenge?" So all of a sudden, uh, on the big screen comes up the leader of the Red Red Hand. He introduces himself, explains why, who they are, that they hate him, why they hate him, and that they've all killed themselves, but that the, la- the last laugh is on them because they knew the only way they would ever get revenge on him uh, in a way that would matter would be to do to him what he did to them. And he, there's a folder sitting there, and he opens up the folder, and it fucking turns out that the five beings that he killed were his illegitimate kids. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So Wolverine ended up killing his five children. And they, that's, wow. uh, that's how they get him. And then, of course, you find out, which is, the, is that Dokken, you know, his actual son that we know about, orchestrated this whole thing. He, he's the one <laughs> oh, that got them. she did. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so he, so Dokken put up his five, like, siblings to, to, like, get killed. And these, and the, the kids didn't know that Wolverine was their dad. Cause, like, the Red Right Hand found them over the years and trained them. Uh, and all they, they think that he killed their loved ones and they were orphans because of that. So they have no idea that he's their, their, their father. So, of course, and then, so the arc is left with Wolverine just being completely crushed and shattered, and uh, Cyclops is trying to, trying to get him to come back to Utopia for some, you know... Uh, f- Aren't they still schismed? Well, this is before schism. This, this, oh, is the okay. arc bef- like the, this is the arc prior to the one that's going on now in Wolverine. Um, like I said, this wrapped up probably four or five, three, four or five months ago. And uh, Wolverine, you know, Cyclops is like, we need you back to Utopia, and Wolverine's just like, I'm out. You're never going to find me again. And wow. He yeah, it was awesome, dude. I was like, that's that is pretty awesome. heavy. Yeah, it was really well done. I mean, Aaron is so good. At, like he, it's just yeah. really well done. He takes things that could easily feel cliched or tired, and uh, he he flips it around and pulls it all together. And you know, he's really, got a he's got a good feel for the heavy moment. I he mean, does. he ad, he, yep. he adds weight to things. <laughs> yeah, very well. And I I, I think you know as we uh, uh watch uh, uh scalp evolve uh, as a comic, <laughs> it it certainly certainly did that in uh um you know probably as well as any other comic of of the last you know last five or six years yeah and i will say too that um i have to give props to renato uh Geddes, uh who is the uh the penciler and inker in in this uh uh i think all but one issue but uh but he's the main and uh it's just beautiful uh it's he's it's, it's he's did a great job with it yeah. uh it's his style you know sometimes styles can be quality, but not necessarily match the the book per se. But but in this case, I thought Geddes's style really fit the uh, the 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 arc and the uh, the, the gravitas of it. So um, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So Dakin was behind this whole thing. Yeah, knowing that his title is not long for the world, right? Oops, are we still here? Are we also here because we cut out a little bit? Yeah, oh, did. I, I'm here. I, I heard you saying knowing that. That, okay, that now, now, now we know that Dakin's title is not long for this world, right? right. They're going to cancel it. Do you think they're going to do away with that, that scumbag? The character. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's redundant, right? Um, not in this Jason Aaron story, but uh, big picture, it's just no, he's just another Wolverine, right? So why not get rid of him in a, in a way yeah, that... I, mean, it, I, I, I guess they could, but I will say that um, I was really down on Dokken when he first came well, out. Well, yeah, you don't you didn't like him at all. 
No, <laughs> but I I thought that the this series actually was uh, was decent. I I think they've they've done enough. Dawkins been around long enough. They've he's they've made him his own character. I mean, yeah, of course he's Wolverine's son, so he has basically the same powers. But he has more powers. Um, he he's um he's also got like pheromones that can make people fall in love with him or do whatever he wants. And he's bisexual, so he uses that both on men and women um, to get his bidding, which is kind of you know obviously a, a tweak. Um, and he's unbelievably uh, smart too. Um, I think much more like like genius level intellect. Where did so, that come from? Um, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. How does any how does any super powered character have the things they have? Right? I don't know. But um, I don't know if he's necessarily like Reed Richards. Superpower genius, but he's just really, really intelligent and, and scheming. Are we going to um, re- have to rework the list? The seven, the seven smartest. <laughs> no, Amadeus no. Joe's going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. So, to, I mean, I don't know, Vince. I mean, I, I think he's become an interesting. I, I put it this way: I think he's a way more interesting character than X twenty three. Although I realize that's not the highest bar to hurdle after. Yeah. I like X twenty three. Yeah, me too. She's got boobs, which <laughs> makes her well, moves no, automa- she, automatically think, makes her better than Dawkins character. Um, yeah, I, I want I, she too. I, I, the foot thing kills me, but but that's another issue. I don't understand how a clone of of someone can have claws in their feet, but whatever. Um, <laughs> imperfect but, uh, clone. Hello, imperfect clone. Yeah. Well, then it's not a clone, is it? Yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, um, but but no, that that. But my point is, is I I don't know about that. I know that um, Aaron's run on Wolverine ends with the just released, although I haven't read it, Wolverine three hundred. Um, although wow. he's going to continue, he's going to continue writing the character in. Um, Wolverine and the X Men, but that's that's a much different vibe than uh, than the solo series. So. Three hundred issues of Wolverine. Yeah. Now is that is that picking up with the numbering from the original? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's been so, so many. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. cool. It so sounds like an, it sounds like a good story. Yeah. It really is. It was really really well done. And and I I just maybe other people saw it coming but but until that reveal i i didn't i didn't see that coming i i just i kept sitting there thinking like well how they getting, i don't get it how's how's committing suicide getting revenge on wolverine but then i like ah oh, that's how nice i i prefer not to see things coming yep i don't think too much about them cuz uh, well i don't want to get into it and i won't say anything about it but i recently watched something and the 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 last episode of this this show's season i never saw this thing coming and i was blown away when it happened and 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 my wife is doing something in the kitchen and i'm watching i'm like oh my god she's like what and i I explained it to her and she's yeah whatever but not seeing it when it comes out of left field it it hits you with such force and and you're you're almost glad that you at least tell us what show no i can't no no i don't want all right dexter i i I never saw you should. You really should. No, it's a good show. I, I just never. Yeah. Yeah. And, My wife and, watches it. it. It unbelievable. And and I was like, wow, that was great writing. Uh, and but I mean, I'm getting away from it. But the point is, I I almost like to tune down the thinking when I'm sure. involved in something. And at that, it's it it, it enhances it for me because you can always go back with the with the and flip the switch and start. You know, really looking at what you just experienced and, and piecing mm-hmm. it together. But uh, first run, I like to take a back seat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. <laughs> what else right. everybody got? Oh boy, David. I, um, David, David. I I um. I know the fourth Nate? issue just came out today. Oh, so um, so I haven't uh, I haven't read the fourth issue yet, but I finished up issue three. 
I read issue twenty three last night. Star Trek and the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, interesting. Ah, still on yes. that, huh? And oh. I am still on that. This is uh, this is uh, Star Trek: The Original Series one It's the one crew. It's not the Abrams reboot crew. Uh, and it's um, the it's I'm not quite sure when exactly the the story is in in Legion continuity. The um, the the Legionnaires involved are um, the original three, um, Chameleon Boy, uh, um, well, Brainiac, of course, uh, Shadow Lass, and um, actually that's it, those five. Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Shadow Lass, Chameleon Boy, Brainiac 5, and, and Lightning Lad. And, um, and it's... It, it, they're, they're in their... Uh, we're in the time sphere, and and they're talking about just taking care, ju- just taking on dark sides so that are looking to to relax a little bit. So I'm kind of thinking awesome. this might be the darkness, the, the great darkness saga might be post that, um, but I I can't be certain. But what um what I found neat is as I'm the first three issues. I don't know about the fourth issue yet. The first three issues all had variant covers by Keith Giffen, Steve Lytle, and Mike Grell. Oh, nice. Who's so all? I can't wait to see who's doing the fourth. Well, I know, but it, it's not Cosmic Point. His his man's Irvin, so it's all right. <laughs> but um, but the, separates the the. It's I have a feeling I know who who the big bad is. Uh, they haven't revealed it yet. You've only the seen Romulans. It. No, it's it's they they've been kind of um, uh, merging the uh, the way the, the Star Trek aliens and the. Um, and the Legionnaires' enemies, um, like the Emerald Eye, is actually um, the woman in charge of it. It's an Orion, uh, so it's it's really there's there's a Gore who's got the atomic axe. So it's uh, not a Gore, a Gorn. I'm sorry, but did it's, you see uh, the Gorn really? Yeah, is is that's the, cool. Yeah, so I mean they're they're really having fun. It's it's um well Crystal like this because it's written by Chris Roberson. Oh, I like uh, Chris Roberson. Oh, nice. That, uh, with pencils by Jeff Moy, inks by by Philip Moy. Uh, oh, the boys! Yes, the colorist <laughs> seems to have. Well, no, they, they did a lot of Legion stuff back in the day. Right, exactly. They're also from uh, uh, they're Madison guys. They're uh, Wisconsin. You know how's that look? Because I, I I I I heard mixed. I've heard both positive and, and negatives on the art, but I've heard that the writing's good. So I haven't I haven't seen it myself. So the writing is good. I, I kind of only one thing. Kirk kind of explained it. A couple pages later, but there was one thing in the third issue. No, uh, yeah, in the third issue that kind of just that tweaked me a little bit. But I got over it based on on the situation that they're all involved. It took they didn't the teams did not meet until the end of the second issue. So it's it's not it's not deliberately slow. They're 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 just telling their story and and they're not rushing anything. They're they're trying to because it's. It's two worlds, but it's two worlds that you are not entirely familiar with because history has kind of um, changed course a bit. Instead of um, like finally getting into outer space in in the '60s, we were already this Earth was already like conquering other planets in in the '60s, and and so things were. It wasn't the Roman Empire that that came into power back then. It was it was it was a different different 
power struggle and and so things have kind of accelerated a little bit in um as far as how, how, how things have progressed in this earth's history but it's the 23rd century um it's not the united federation of planets it's um it's it's a very it's not the mirror universe things are just different here and and spock and brainiac five are, are trying to figure they're they're of course they're the two logical ones while everybody else is having their their meet and greet and having their fight um brainiac five is standing there with his force field and spock goes to shoot him with the phaser but brainy's trying to explain to him that you know why doesn't anybody ever get that i have a force field and, and nothing can hurt it but and then spock is telling him that he's adjusting the frequency and then of course brainy says well anybody can just modify the force field to to adjust for the higher frequency and and they just and and so they just decide you know can we stop fighting and just talk about what's going on and that's that's how the fight stops and um and then they team up and take on the uh the the fatal five that that shows up but uh the person who's in charge of everything we've only seen him from the chin down. We've only seen his Van Dyke. I have a feeling we know who it is, uh, and if if they've announced it or if it, it, it's been mentioned elsewhere, I've avoided it. Um, but it's it's a really. So who do you think it is? You want to know who I think it is? I think yeah. Who would I think it is based on the Van Dyke? It's yeah, gotta, it's got to be something from the Mirror Mirror universe, right? Oh, really? Because you see, you first kind of see this person in shadow uh, back during uh, prehistoric times. Wow. Vandal Savage. I believe you're right. Look huh. at that. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's it's just, it's it's weird in that regard. There's um, the, the Durlins were kind of, um, they, the, the, the series kicks off with this, this, this imperial, federation um basically taking or, or attacking or or imprisoning all the durlins and um so people are familiar with with aliens or at least some of the legionnaires but um it's the part that kind of irked me a little bit was um was kirk being a little trigger happy it's like with the whole prime directive thing and and in all the years of of watching James T. Kirk behave on the original series and in the movies later on. Um, I I never really pictured him the way he's portrayed in this in this in this one particular scene where where he just shoots first and decides to to ask questions later. But um, wait, again, wait, wait! Didn't didn't you say that they conquer planets? No, but oh, all right. I'm sorry. This it's not like when when. Um, then there wouldn't be a prime directive, right? No, well, there's, but see, no, this this isn't. The, there's no prime directive for for this for this alternate universe, right? But Kirk is still Kirk. The, the the seven from the Enterprise are still them. They haven't been they haven't been altered. Oh, they were they, they were being transported down to uh, to San Francisco for um for sure leave and McCoy was going to do a lecture and, and, and everybody was going to do their thing. But, um, when Scotty transports him down, that's when things got a little wonky and they end up on this alternate earth. Ah. And, and that's exactly on the other side of the country. Um, 
that's oh, when yeah. Legionnaires time sphere got ran into some turbulence and they ended up so so the Enterprise. That's crew, pretty neat. That's pretty neat. I mean, so everybody everybody is themselves. Nobody's been overtaken. As far as I know, there isn't an alternate Kirk or Spock running around in this universe. Um, so they're just trying to figure out how they can get back home and, and get back to their time. And and uh, but it's so it's it's. It's not, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's not original. It's, it's, it's still, you know, too. See, I never read Star Trek and X-Men. I wanted to, I just never got around to reading it. So I'm not sure if this, how this would compare to it. I'm not sure where, where, where things would differ. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm enjoying the story more than like, like Jason asked about the art. I think there are times where the art, you can tell who everybody is. You know, it, you you can't look at Cosmic Boy and think that's Kirk. It's just you know the costume's different. Um, Chekhov's hair can go from brown to black depending on um, who he's standing next to. That that's really been the only discrepancy. This isn't this isn't um, this isn't like Gordon Purcell drawing the Star Trek series from DC back in the day. This is nobody <laughs> really looks like like they're supposed to. There, there are times where Kirk looks a little bit like Shatner and a little bit like Chris Pine. Ooh, but it's it, so it's kind of like a little bit of a of of a mesh between the two. But I, I really am I really am enjoying it. I, I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to go on. Um, I wasn't sure if one was going to. That's what's been neat. No one's been. The Legionnaires didn't show up in San Francisco in the 23rd century, and Star Trek didn't go to being. You know, they didn't try to bring the whales back and end up in in the Legionnaires era. (laughs) So they just kind of ended up on this alternate earth and and that's where that that, that's where i kind of like it it's it's really a level playing field for both teams nobody knows what's going on and um so no one neither team really has the upper hand they're just both trying to um do what they got to do to 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 get back to where they're supposed to be and i'm I'm really enjoying the way they're kind of just merging things especially with with the enemies when they show up yeah getting back to the art um likeness is is a pretty um Hard row to hoe, with, mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. unless you have the the, the uh, virtuosic, if that's a word, ability of like say a Mort Drucker or a Jack Davis, who mm-hmm. could draw a likeness in any you know angle, any perspective, up down sideways, and make it look like the person they were drawing, not many guys can do that. So what do you do? Do you um, interpret the character? your way and and you know do draw the character to resemble their likeness or do you try and get it dead on every time and ultimately fail you know and then see then you have the people who are like well that doesn't look like kirk in that panel but that one does you know because i had reference for that one so what do you do it's tough it's It's a tough call it's tricky because yeah it can be i go ahead I, i like the way that that uh what george's gentry Kind of handle it, and Buffy kind of made those characters his own. That's exactly what I was going to say. You I was kind of put your mark thing, yeah. on it. Yeah, I mean, George this way Gentry is a good example. Yeah. So, so this way, Kirk looks the same throughout the entire run. It you know he doesn't look like Shatner in one panel, and then you know somebody who just kind of happens to have dirty blonde wavy hair. It's and and there are no there are no red shirts. So I mean, you know, anything Aww. that yeah, anything that can seriously happen could happen to one of 
one of the one of the seven because Scotty's mm-hmm. still on the Enterprise. So it's it's um. Sulu they should Chekhov. have beamed a couple of red shirts down with them just <laughs> just for cannon fodder. They just, I know, but it's it's just um, it it's been it, it's been. I'm I'm just I'm really interested to see where where they're going with it. I I um for me it's I mean we know how it's gonna well we know how it's gonna end for the teams. Everybody's gonna end up where they're supposed to be. I'm this is one of those stories where I am just really along for, for the cool. adventure it's it's not about the, the destination with me on this now you so, you said you're on issue four and they have issue revealed. four just came out i haven't read okay so. so you're on issue three and they haven't revealed the big bad yet how long is this miniseries like is, is it this a prelude I, or i don't know if it's wait i don't ah you're gonna make me dig the issue out it's um it's okay it is um what is it is it is it out of Something tells me it's it's out of seven. Um, oh, they got time yet. There you but go. But yeah. I, I may I may be wrong. It's it's um. So I'll, if they did have red shirts, would who would be the Legion equivalent of red shirts? Flip a dipper and flip a dipper. Bite your tongue. Uh, one of jeez. Um, <laughs> throw the black guy in front of the ba- the laser beam. You were on the away team. <laughs> exactly. You know when you said Durlins, I laughed. Because every time I hear that name Durlins, I think of this race of like morons, Durr, you know. But that's right. not what they are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I um, I'll see if I can find by the by the time we're done. I'll see if I can find out how many issues this is. It might be five. It might be six. It might be seven. I don't know. Make a nice uh, collection if it's seven. That's a meaty book. Yeah, yeah. The um, I, the art I thought was really the strongest in the first issue, but um, things are, it's it. There's consistency. It's not like you know, not like anybody fell asleep at the wheel art wise. It's it's. I think the coloring might be more of an issue than the actual art. But I haven't, I haven't had. I, I think I've been enjoying the art probably in the Star Trek, the new star, the new 2.0 Star Trek ongoing that IDW is also putting out. Um, that that you can see that that they're using Chris Pine and. Um, and and Zachary, they're, they're, you can tell that they're uh, Simon Pegg might look a little off depending on the angle. Uh-huh. There, there's been a little bit of inconsistencies when it comes to Scott, but um, what about I, him, Simon Pegg. That you know, seriously, out of I mean, really, I love from Simon coming, Pegg. Oh, yeah, I do too. What what did you do to your microphone? You sound different. Who me? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Marta came in, so I put my microphone down. Thank you for alerting me. Um, I uh, speaking of Simon Pegg, I, uh, I and I don't want to um, get in the way of David, uh, so we can go back to Star Trek and the Legion. But have you guys watched Spaced? It's on my queue. I haven't watched it yet. So flipping good. If you liked uh, Shaun of the Dead, it's it's basically Edgar Wright and the entire cast of um, of Shaun of the Dead doing. Uh, but it's like, it's pre Shaun of the Dead and Hot. It's right, yeah. It's, what, it's yes. what got them all together, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pre Shaun of the Dead and just just funny relationship roommate comedy with some really funny comic book twists. He works he works at a comic shop and is kind of a uh a, a the loser type that that Jason uh, hates to read about. It's yeah. uh yeah, the slacker. Yeah, he's a, he's a slacker. Although I I I love the uh, I love all the right films though so, uh re- really funny really funny stuff very it British is, uh, it's it's of six issues it's a six issue series 
Look at that. So Speaking of Star through. Trek, David, did you see that uh, our boy Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is going to be in the new movie? No, I did not. That's yeah. awesome. I know. It's very cool, dude. That is. Who, I love it. Who him. is Benedict Cumberbatch? Sherlock. He's the Sherlock in the BBC series. Uh, what's, oh, oh um, first, dude, uh, first. Seriously, episode, I did not know that. It just came out. So I did not I, know that. I, I didn't so, know that until so yesterday. Yeah, seriously. Wait. Yeah. I found out this morning that, uh, that, that I guess the Daily Mail has, was all upset because um, the Irene Adler shows up and, and she's basically, except for lipstick, earrings, a whip, and pumps, she's completely naked. What? And, what? Um, Wait, who's naked? Irene Adler, Sherlock's lady friend. Sweet. But you, so you see her from the back and I guess this... Travel impacts when we do it from the back. <laughs> The the the, the 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 episode started, I guess, at like ten after eight. So at twenty five to nine, they're, 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 all the newspapers are calling it pre watershed. So at twenty five to nine, you see this nude back, and and she's sitting there on a couch, and and she's got her legs crossed. You can tell she's not wearing anything, and and this is all before nine o'clock at night when when I guess kids are still awake in England, and 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 the, so the newspaper was just flipping out. That meanwhile, it's like if you go to a museum. You'll see more than that in paintings, but you know, since kids don't go to museums these days. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I found out because I I didn't think anything was happening until later this year. I did not know that they had yeah. already finished this. So, I, I well, I I hate to say it, but uh, maybe he's been putting a little bit more thought in that than Doctor Who. I wouldn't What's doubt that? it. I would not. Yeah, doubt it. not uh, as as our dear Woodrow would say, not a good look. I think he's. Yeah, he's much. He's. I. I think he's much better at writing uh, more contained uh, plots and episodes. And that's you know Sherlock has been fantastic, and the Doctor Who episodes, the one-offs that he wrote were fantastic. Um, the the bigger the bigger stories, eh, the yeah, not so good. Hey now, yeah. So how about just, that? Just just them just people. my opinion. Just my opinion. Okay. Yes, it is. Can't, it is. can't wait for the, for that. And oh, and by the way, have you guys seen the Sherlock movie yet? No, no we're going to last week. We didn't get a chance to. If you if you like the first one, uh, and this is the uh, oh god, who's the uh, who's the director? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Martin and I went to see it and just absolutely adored it. Thought cool. it was, and we really really enjoyed the. Uh, the first one, so this was this was great. Sweet, I'm glad. All right, I didn't cut out, did I? Yep, we look practically right now. And and um, I've heard uh, good things about Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which of course Cumberbach is in. And uh, what you haven't? No, I I I was uh, Marta and I. That's our next thing to watch. And okay, acquired. A copy of the 1979 BBC miniseries, the TV uh-huh. miniseries, which uh, is regarded, I think, as being one of the one of the the best uh, uh, TV adaptations of a of a literary work. So, going to watch that before we see the the new. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And he has a well, actually, both Sherlock and Watson are both in in the Hobbit movies. So, um, he's been busy, and apparently, Cumberbatch is now on Twitter, but he won't be tweeting much because he can't stand texting doesn't like the idea of twitter he just wanted to make his account because there have been some fake benedict cumberbach accounts out there oh funny yeah there you go 
It's a great now, name. It is, right? Oh, it is. That, that show is so fantastic. It really is. I think you just want to see how many followers he can get. When will we get to watch the episode? That's what I'm dying to find out. I was so... When I saw Kevin Mellon had um, Instagrammed a screen cap of the episode, I was just like, oh. what the fuck? I was like, no way. So I didn't know. But there we go. Yeah, Please. I gotta get up on that. Yeah, yeah. You're good, Vincent. I'm good? Oh, excellent. Gush away, Vincent. Well, I, it's not... It is gushing... But it's it's very difficult to um, to talk about these books because it goes counter to the method by which you experience them. Um, they're pantomime comics, meaning there's no words. I think it's fair to call them pantomime comics, right? If there's no words, why don't we just call them the wordless comics? Enough said. Sure. Okay. Okay, there's no words. Of course, I read... Well. Like the Buster Keaton of comic the, the, books. There we go again. Red. I, I, I hesitate to use that I word. Feud. No, it's. Let's just get it off. It's uh, one of them is the present. One of the presents that David got me for Christmas. I, I read Weathercraft and Congress of the Animals by John oh, Woodring. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And nice. See, I, I hate to say red because Woodring's work is is not so much red as it is intuited. And that would be incredibly pretentious to say, hey, bro, I'm going to go into it some Jim Woodring, but that's basically what you do because it's closer to how one experiences his work than the process we call reading because it, you rely on instinct. There's no words. Nothing is told to you. You're, you're, you're viewing these, these characters and these incidents and these, this narrative. Uh, not everything is shown, not told. That's Jim Woodring in a nutshell. He's the king of show, not tell. So, so what the His hell? This stuff is pretty. Damn right it is. So, I mean, but what the hell is are these books about? What, how are we supposed to glean any kind of story from them? There is a story, but I don't think that. Well, I know that Jason would not walk away from a Jim Woodring book with the same kind of ideas that I would, and David would be different, and and Chris would be different. Every person that experiences Woodring's work is going to take something away from it. D- different. I will say, comic confessions. I uh, huge, huge, huge white space for me. I, I I know, other than knowing what his art style looks like, I know next to nothing about his work. He's he's a thinker. He's very cerebral, and it it, it again it plays into the the wordless aspect of it. He uh, there, there's there's no narration. So what you see, you see a character walking a landscape. Okay. How are you supposed to interpret this? Why do you need to interpret it? Why can't you just let that image sink in? So what, what is this character doing now? And, and, and the process just hinges on, on, I guess, life experiences and, and how we interpret these scenes. I mean, everything in these books is alien. Uh, it's, it's it just, the, the, um, there's, there's nothing on our planet to analogous uh, that's analogous to Woodring's landscape it's just odd it's different his his style of architecture is really strange uh, it's almost like this bio architecture where it's kind of hard to tell if these buildings are are, are alive or not uh, i mean and, and and he uses a a um a mirrored uh motif in a lot of his work like he, he likes to balance things there's some symmetry plays a, a huge part in in woodring's work um 
which is odd because um, symmetry creates balance, right? Balance fosters stability. Stability leads to comfort. And if comfort is not the word I would use to describe Woodring's work, there's nothing comfortable about this. The, the characters are weird. The, 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 uh, events are strange. Uh, and, and when we use the word weird to describe someone, like, what do we mean when we say weird? Does that person's weird? Well, wh- they don't, these people don't act in a manner to which we are accustomed, right? Right. Uh, that's everything about Woodring's fictional construct is the epitome of weird. <laughs> Nothing is presented in the manner to which we are accustomed to landscape, the organisms. But we can glean a meaning from it all. Why? Why, why can we do that? I think that it's because the narrative is, is unencumbered by that, the burden of language. You don't, you don't need to slap strings of letters to, to decipher what these events mean. You just take it in on a, on a different level. And I think the pictures can relate far more meaning than the words ever could. And once you hit something with a word, you define it. And these events and these characters are not easily defined. I mean, they could be, there, there's multiple avenues of interpretation. And that's the thing that I find, <clears throat> excuse me, most compelling and also very confounding about Woodring's work. The, you, a lot of times I like to be to a certain degree, I like to be led in a certain direction or told, g- give me a clue. What, what, what does this mean? But there's n- none of that here. I mean, if you don't look at the dust jacket, and I'll get into that later. That's the one thing about his <laughs> books that, that really bother me. Cause you, well, I'll get into it now. You have wordless comics, right? There's, there's not a damn word in these things, but the dust jackets are riddled with type <laughs> the, i mean with with copy the, the the uh not so much um weathercraft that basically lists the characters on the on the 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 outside uh the back cover it tells you know here's manhog and frank and pupshaw and pushpaw and 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 whim and okay but once you look at the the the, the inside flaps they basically it's, give you clues as to everything that's going on not like i said not so much on weathercraft but congress of the animals when you look at that back cover it summarizes the entire book there, there's one two three four five one two three four there's 20 panels on the on the back cover and there, there, there's there's copy underneath underneath each one telling you and i'm i'm sure it's woodring's imp, uh, interpretation of the events or it could be wood, woodring bamboozling you into making you think in a different direction. But anyway, there's descriptive text under each one of these panels. Like, like it shows a, a building that's fashioned in, in the, the shape of Frank himself, but the face is all gouged out on it. And, and there are bulbous protuberances from this thing. And that's another thing about Woodring's use of architecture. He likes the onion shape. Which leads you to make the association that okay, a mosque has a big onion-shaped dome on it. Are we to take? Are we to to perceive these buildings as like holy places, like temples? What's going on here? But the, the, in within the the story itself, none of that is given given to you. But on the back cover, it says, "All right, here's this building that looks like Frank," and it says, "A reminder that architecture which resembles one is always meant for another." See, he's like. 
it's almost a tease. And so if you read the back cover before you, you, you jump into the book, it's almost directing you into certain, down certain paths that maybe you shouldn't be going initially. Like maybe you should just experience the work without all this teasery going on in the back. So if you guys are ever going to read a Woodring book, especially Congress of the Animals or Weathercraft, don't look at the cover other than the front. Don't look at the flaps. Ignore the back cover. Just jump into the book. And then after, you can, if you want. Yeah. But, but I, I, th- I think it's like a, a lot of it is a false lead. I mean, you don't need it. It, it doesn't belong. I don't think it belongs there, but Woodring obviously thinks it does because he signed off on it, right? So, uh, Weathercraft. What the hell does this book mean? What, what are we talking about here? Well, Weathercraft is Manhog's show. And, and if, if you've ever experienced Manhog, he, he's, uh, a porcine, gluttonous, fiery tempered, filthy, greedy, maladjusted pig man. He's a, a humanoid type character with, um, roughly the face of a man, but his nose is like this, this pig nose. And he's got, you know, poor, uh, pig ears and he walks around naked and, and he is the epitome of, of the pig. But he also has, uh, human tendencies too. And, uh, and not good human tendencies, bad human tendencies. I mean, he's, 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 he's quick to anger. He's very violent at times. Like I said, he's greedy. So, and there's even one passage in the book where Manhog is, is standing off to the side of the road and, and there's a, a man walking a pig down uh, next to him so he's seeing himself in in this vision he's seeing uh you know both uh, aspects of his character as it were because weathercraft or yeah weathercraft is manhog transformed um it, it's almost a uh a, a tale of enlightenment he he's he's uh run through the mill um he's he's kidnapped by this character named mirth uh, you ever seen Mac tonight from McDonald's, that moon headed mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a combination of a devil type character and, and Mac tonight. He's got a crescent moon, uh, head. The knife. No, Mac tonight. I'm joking. Right. Mac the <laughs> knife. Um, and he's got horns, but the, 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 the mirth character is merely a construct for this organism that uses, it's like an exoskeleton. There's this nasty little organism that lives within the the mirth construct and so so manhog is kidnapped and he's imprisoned and tortured uh mirth puts this this organism on him and again this it's very symmetrical and a lot like a lot of woodring stuff and i was talking to zach about this woodring is in love with the uterus because because no a lot of uh, a lot of his design resembles the female reproductive organs. I mean, the ovaries and, and the, the, the canal and the, just the way it's shaped. You see that a lot in Woodring's work. If that, does that mean something? I'm sure it does. And, and maybe on some level, while I'm viewing the work, that plays into it. But at face value, it's just a really, really strange piece of biology. It is. The, the uterus is, is nasty strange. It's just weird looking. It's alien looking, which fits really well in, into Woodring stories. But, okay, so Manhog is imprisoned, and he makes it out, 
and and he f- the the mirth uh controller flees into a plant and then the plant i guess the organism overtakes the plant because it, the plant grows into this disgusting barbed creature that that beats the shit out of manhog and when it screams <laughs> it, it alters reality their little little tiny wisps of, of smoke come from the creature's mouth and whatever that those wisps pass by their their physical form their very nature melts and and stretches and and dissolves so so manhog he he learns from this oddly enough i never thought manhog would but he wakes up and and he experiences the landscape and and the creatures in a, in a way that he did not before he was abducted and and you keep going on it's like i have to ask myself constantly how how do i interpret this what the hell is going on here what does this mean he he's attacked by by bees that live underground and and this this other bug-like organism crawls down his throat and he pulls it out and there's another organism attached to it so this is something that was like growing inside of him that that he forcibly removed and he kills it and when he kills it he has this this sudden realization like he he manhog is always when you look at his facial features he's always pissed off he's always you know the heavy brow and he's got a snarl on his face but once he kills that organism that was festering inside him he's happy He's like, wait, look at me. He's covered in shit and blood and dead stuff, and he's happy. And and then the rest of, well, the majority of the book, he wanders the landscape just taking it all at face value. He's He doesn't ask anything from it other than what's there. He he sings with a couple of frogs. You know, he would have beat the shit out of the frogs, the old man hog would have. But he's happy to just sing with them. And, and that's why I'm interested that you guys would sample a little bit of Woodring because... Like I said, you're going to look at this stuff maybe differently than I do. I just see a tale of of uh sacrifice and confronting, you know, the self. Who who are we? Mm-hmm. And enlightenment and there there's little clues along the way. There's a, there's a panel that's really cool. Manhog has a robe on and he walks by and there's a cat with its legs spread and it's giving birth. But it's not a baby cat that comes out. It's a puppy and an elephant and a snake. Jesus. And it's like, what the hell? And there's this <laughs> grinning, there's this grinning cat deity in the background in this building that I'm, I'm sure is some kind of shrine to this whatever's going on here. And uh, it, it, it's woodring stuff is, it's almost, I'm almost doing it a disservice talking about it because. But you took notes. No, I didn't. Oh, bull crap. Ah, I didn't. It. No, no, no. Bullshit. I, I, bullshit. I didn't bullshit. take notes on this. How can I? You, I I'm looking, as, as I'm talking, I'm looking through the books and, and, and trying to, to piece together exactly what is transpiring here. And, and, uh, he, he runs into a pair of chickens, but, but one of the chickens is a sphere and one is a cylinder, like a chicken. Shaped like a cylinder, and and they're pleading with him to 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 go somewhere. So he goes into their building and pulls back a curtain, and there's this disgusting, spiny, evil-looking chicken that's shitting on the walls. And Manhog oh. just confronts it, and and he pulls the curtain back, and and he's weeping, and he walks outside, and it's almost as if he sees the landscape in a different way because he kind of reverts 
back to the way he was for a second until Frank shows up. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Does does Frank have some kind of jurisdiction over Manhog's life or his emotions? But and then just to you know show you how how willy nilly these stories are. Um, Frank shoots and kills this worm-like organism and uses it as bait and, and lures this gigantic fish and is pulled underwater uh, by the fish and is ingested by it. And later on, Frank is transformed too. And, and it's Manhog that, that kind of rescues him. He, he confronts that nasty organism that, that controlled mirth and, and takes him out, but not without help from Frank. So is this about friendship? Is this about space uteruses? I mean, I I don't want to set anything in stone by telling you you need to experience this stuff on your own without words and just intuit, intuit the wood ring. And and that's, I I think we talked about underrated cartoonists last week. Wood ring is definitely one of those. Um, The man uses a giant pen. Have you ever seen the, the, the colossal nib that Woodring made? No. It's a giant pen nib. He, he made one that actually works. The thing is like five feet tall, and he dips it in ink, uh, you know, uh, tips it off on a big towel, and he draws with, not for his comics, but, you know, for his, his li- live appearances, he uses his gigantic pen. Yeah, um, I think I've seen a, uh, like a con picture of him using it. But that's just strange, isn't it? But that's Woodring. It's odd. It, he doesn't. He doesn't act like uh, most people I, I've come into contact with. Aren't you to the beat of his own drummer? It's and, and that's and it's reflected. Like a certain it, co-host of ours. It's reflected. In, 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 <laughs> it's reflected in his books too. Uh, Weatherlight features features two bird-like characters that seem to be manipulating reality in some way. They they have these telescope slash lances and they they poke and prod this frog until it dissolves and and they're looking into one end of these implements while they're poking it and as they're poking it they're manipulating the weather the 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 sky turns cloudy and and dark and and so you have to wonder weather craft what does that mean well weather craft weather's the external forces playing upon us as human being and craft is creation manipulation of the weather someone is manipulating the reality of these characters right that's what i get out of it but do do we need to define it i don't know uh, i would i would prefer to define it in ways removed from language but then i'd be here and wouldn't have anything to talk about so <laughs> weathercraft and 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 congress of the animals congress is is frank's book um just uh, this um a a subsidence creates this huge hole in the ground and destroys everything frank owns and and he's wondering what do i do my house is destroyed and and this creature comes along and and offers to build frank a new house and he does but he demands some kind of a recompense for for his his efforts and frank didn't know that so he's got no money what does he do he agrees to work off his debts he goes into a, a certain kind of slavery of his own and and the story you know catapults out of that and it's just it's 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 really strange stuff um it, it doesn't work 
It was um, one of the one of the the easy, um, easily best selections than Free Comic Book Day. Was it last year or two years ago? Oh, geez, I'm not good with that. I have it the the the, the FCBD um, yeah. Frank book, but I don't know what year it was. I think it was either last year or the year before. So yeah. good. And uh, two seconds on 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 Woodring's graphic style. One. No, don't time me. <laughs> The the his shading technique, Woodring uses a waveform. Uh, this undulating line. He, uh, he all of his image images are comprised of a constant drone. Like when you see a waveform, when I see a waveform, I think of sound. Right? You got your peaks, you got your troughs, you got your repetitive nature of it. It's it's almost like, and that waveform that he used to shade everything, it's almost like a visual white noise. And again, that pattern, that constant up, down, up, down, up, down pattern adds an air of stability and comfort to the proceedings. But it, it's it's almost it it's it's a contradiction because there's there's nothing comfortable about this. So why does the waveform work well with his style of storytelling? I don't know. I, I I I don't know why it works. It shouldn't work. This is there's my dog is barking. <laughs> this is out of everyone's comfort zone. Frank is is I mean even even uh, this would task uh, the Dadaists and the Surrealists uh, viewpoints because it's just so unique to the person but yet it speaks in a graphic language that everyone can take something away from i love woodring and I, and I and i wish i could sign my my experience but then you, you know who it. else is a big big woodring fan who chris burnham huge really? woodring fan oh really yep. you know yep. what yep. burnham's leviathan strikes holy shit mm-hmm. oh my yeah, god yeah just when next time you see him say dude what the hell are you eating? I, I want to know what he's. I'm eating some of that. Yeah, he's been, but, yeah, he's been uh, he's been killing other artists and eating their souls. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. would do that if I could. But okay, so David, thank you. You have blessed, blessed me with the gift of uh, Congress of the Animals, and um, I already had Weathercrafts. But you you would do well if you wanted to sa- sample something way 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 off the beaten path, like Pluto. Mm-hmm. Um, Try Jim Woodring. I, I, it's not he's that one of those. Off the beaten path. Oh, it's yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it's, Pluto. It's, Pluto. It's not even a planet. The bastards. How could they take planet status away from a <laughs> a celestial body? That's just stupid. Yeah, it's just hanging out there. It's a planet. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so take a trip to planet Wood. Uh, Wood Probably one of my favorite manga, which is I mean not Pluto? saying a whole lot, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's my contribution to this circus. Swizzy. Awesome. What else we got? Um, Chris didn't talk. Nope. I scored a major. I think I talked about this last week. I scored a major deal at the the annual TFA sale. Yes, you did. We're gonna hear yeah, some Nexus, did. are we? Oh my God! Yeah, I just uh, just about oh, yeah. uh, with Nexus Archives Volume One. Sonke, sonke. It is so good. It's you know I was. Uh, I mean, there are certain blind spots in my. Uh, uh, in, in my you know comic world, that when I was growing up, and and you know we've talked about it before. It's um, you know kind of like in order of age. Um, it's it's Vince, 
I think David, myself, and the, and then and then Jason. And so, you know, between the four of us, we cover a, a pretty a pretty good section of of comic history. Now, whenever you know, I was in my probably pre-teens to early teens you had stuff like nexus and american flag and you know a badger. few badger that kind of stuff that was coming out that i missed and you know shame on me for missing nexus shame you know talk to talk to uh sal brian salazar huge nexus fan huge badger fan huge american flag fan and you know i think we've we've mentioned it before i mean that that was i was reading alien legion well you know i was more like epic at, at that time was was the publisher that i was following so it's been fun to go back and reread some of these things which i think would be hard for a lot of new comic book fans to read some of these awesome 1980s and very early, you know not not even early 90s they're they're 1980s comics they had a very specific sensibility about them i think a lot of the way that that vince feels about bronze age comics is how i feel about like mid 80s independent comics like teenage mutant ninja turtles and alien legion and now looking back at, at, at things like nexus nexus and american flag it's there was just a vibe to it. It's like this was what, this is this is what sci-fi was like in you know 1985, and I mean Nexus just just scratches all of those all of those mid 80s sci-fi itches. It's awesome. I love it. And oh my god, Steve Rude, he may be crazy as a fucking hatter. Huh. Now, well, but. Yeah. God, he can draw. Oh, is he so oh, good? Yeah. It, uh, the black, even the black. Oh, just I tell stuff. me, tell me how beautiful oh. just the black and white oh, issues yeah. are. Yeah. The, it, it started out and, for people that don't know Nexus. Nexus began with a three-issue black and white run, and then, and and then went color after that. Mm-hmm. The black and white stuff is so beyond. 99% of the stuff that is published today and I'm not I'm not this is not hyperbole Steve Rude blows the doors off of just about every superstar comic book artist that you know today he's that mm. good yeah um name name someone that you know in the you know mythological wizard top 10 that is as good as steve rude right now oh you mean now yeah, yeah. oh yeah i mean i'm yeah. not i'm, I'm yeah. not talking of the, the and i i think he he's in the team picture of 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 maybe greatest comic book artist of all time i mean he's mm-hmm. you know it, it's pretty good sized team picture but but he's there but like today if if Steve Rude were were coming out with stuff today, it's I mean no contest. The guy is amazing. Yeah, but you gotta tip the hat to Russ Manning too, because Rude's style is built on a lot of of Russ Manning style. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean there's so, but the thing is, is that he is so closely removed from the greats, where I think now there's. Uh, there's a bigger uh, a bigger gap 
from you know the the Al Williamsons and Alex Tose and Frazettas and you know we're we're starting to get a generation beyond. It's you know a guy that that I probably look at as as being you know as close to those guys as anyone is Chris Somney now, and I see I see a lot of of rude in Somney's work. I think if Steve Rude produced more, that that he would his legend would blossom. I mean, we all know how good he is. What I what yeah. I would have liked is I, I would I would love to see less Steve Rude doing the Jack Kirby homages. Really, I would I would I would love to see because I I look at Nexus and it's it's gorgeous and then i i i see the work he's done paying Miracle respect man. to, to, man. to yeah. jack kirby and i mean it's it's nice and it and it fits the story and i mean the moth looked very kirby-esque to me more, more, yeah. more, than, more than well that. yeah but he had an absolute and he and, absolutely adores kirby though Absolutely, and that's fine. I just, I if if I'm looking at Steve Rude artwork, if I if 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 I have an opportunity to buy something from Steve Rude, I think twice when I see it in the style of Kirby. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I, I think? I, I think I think Nexus is very much Rude, though. Oh yeah, that that's yeah. what I'm saying. I would love to see more of that. You know the else. the best and worst thing that ever happened to Steve Rude? Steve Rude. Nope. The best thing was ever when he did my Blink commission. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think Mike Barron was the best and worst thing to ever happen to Rude. I can see that. I can see that. They're uh, um, they're kind of a um, I don't want to say a a tortured creative couple, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I mean, they were definitely a Lennon, Lennon and McCartney type uh, yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Something happened after that that mm -hmm. uh, longtime partnership kind of went sour to yeah. something happened to Steve Rude yeah. and I don't think his stuff has ever ever <sighs> been the same. He see he seems to have lost from what I can tell the the enthusiasm, the 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 just desire to make uh, comics. I mean except no, when he's doing no, commissions no, I, for people I, in Woodrow. I, <laughs> I think the enthusiasm is completely there. I unfor I think that the comic industry changed and he didn't. And that's, I think, the the very sad truth about it. And you know, I've talked to him on on AC a couple times, and he's he's an amazingly engaging, nice guy, and he loves comics. But I think that the industry changed, and he didn't. And that's. But he refuses to. See, uh, I have a I have an opinion I, I, about I, people like Rude, I, though. Like I don't. I don't think that it's that he refuses to. I think he has an idealized vision of what comics can and should be, and it's a it's a it's a childlike it's a childlike love that he has for him is how is how I interpret it, and and I love it. I love that about him. It's but but the whole brood baron thing showcases his inability to be the reed. I mean, he doesn't bend. Uh, yeah, but, but is that more about Rude or is that more about Baron? Well, I think it's a it's a testament to both of them. I mean, they both seem really pig-headed about, about oh, the, the, their oh, yeah. baby. 
But and, and that's not. I mean, who knows? I don't really know the guy, so I can't really talk. But from all of the the news bits and and just the uh, the little anecdotes we've heard over the years, Rude seems unwilling to do it any way other than his own. That's that's what I get out of it. I mean, and and that's that's not a bad way to do it. I mean, look at the guy's stuff. He his his way of doing it is damn good. It's it's yeah. world class. So yeah. on the one hand, I respect the guy for not not altering the vision based on somebody else but on the flip side he could have been regarded as one of the greatest com i mean he is by those in the know but i'm talking about the layman the guys that just pick up pick up the casual comic or 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 you know just pop culture at large he could be some he could be the big kahuna because he's, you're right yeah, there's I, really not yeah, a I mean, whole lot of guys four, four eisner awards yeah, yeah. Not, not I, a whole I, lot of guys who can like, compete. Uh, like you know, sometimes we people, we talk about creators that aren't may, may, maybe in the uh, forefront anymore, and, and some of the younger listeners might be like, "Oh yeah," but, I mean, this is a guy that definitely we are occasionally prone to hyperbole on the show. Let's admit, um, mm-hmm. but but certainly, I think in terms of rude status in the industry, um, I also think though it's fair to say, and I, I'm sure he's in a in an honest moment admitted this as 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 directly. Um, He's he's been his own worst enemy uh, professionally. I mean, he he's yes. he's uh, he's let his own um, pride and um, uh, perspective on the way things should be uh, largely keep him from making a living. And and that's where I again we talk about can you enjoy a person's work and not necessarily uh, agree with with them with them with the person. And and while I don't have any known philosophical issues with Rude, um, certainly as a uh, a man with kids and a provider, uh, and someone who, um, and I know you guys are, are of the same vein. You know, do a lot uh, to make sure the people that we're responsible for are taken care of. Uh, I honestly struggle with what I've heard and seen of him uh, in his explanations for why he doesn't work in the industry. I, I, yeah. I, I struggle with the constant uh, pleas for financial recompense and help that the industry wants to give him and I get that because he's an awesome creator and and it sucks to see him struggle when when at least from from our admittedly one-sided viewpoint we don't know the whole story but but he is relatively open and honest so from what we know it feels to me like he has been his own worst enemy he, he and, and, and I think I think to a man he would probably he would probably admit that yeah, that's just a shame. You know that that's that's the shame of it is that he still got it. Um, all kidding aside, you know I I I, I do cherish the the, the commission I, I got from him, but but I've also been on his website quite a few times and and seen the other stuff he's put out, and he's still a fantastic. I mean, he hasn't lost. He's fantastic. It, yeah, and, and he's also a master of multiple mediums. I mean, he's a great yeah, painter, paint, great painter too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, oh, he's amazing. So, so and, and as you said, Chris, he's made no no bones about the fact that he'd very much like to continue creating. Um, yeah, uh, but, you know, and, and I think that it, attitude it, has it, burned a lot of bridges along the way for him too. Sure, like, I, I would love to see him on Amazing Spider-Man. Things. Right? It's when he does things like post public messages that I would, and I'm paraphrasing. This is how I would change. Right, these here's topics. a list of the here's a list of the titles I told DC yeah, I'd be willing yeah, to do. The dude. Yeah, dude right. would, the dude would accept a job at DC if you offer me, you know, one of these seven select titles. And it's like, well, first of all, you know, it's it is funny that he he 
refers to himself in the third person as the dude. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's rude, you know? But really, when you look at it, is that really that excessive? No. I mean, he's, no, the, I mean, he's it, the dude. He is the dude. He any is of those, dude. I, no, no, I'll bet thing. you no, 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 any no. of those oh. titles that he, he mentioned in his list would have benefited from his presence. This is the nuance, point. though. This is the nuance to that, that little, that little moment that Chris is alluding to. There's nothing wrong with him saying, "Hey guys, if you want to work with me, this is what I'd be willing to do." There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Where I where I where I have issue is when it then he brings it public as though to say how I cannot believe the way DC's mistreating me. Oh, I was willing wow. to work for them and I can't make a living because they editors are black blackballing me. That's where I have an issue. If you want to stand on your own terms, then stand on them. Right. But don't 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 make the declaration that you want to do X, Y, and Z, and then because you're not offered X, Y, or Z, then claim that the world is out to get you. That's where it falls apart for me. I See, have I'm no a- issue with any creator saying these are the terms with which I'm going to work with you. And but the presumption there is that that's cool. Well, if if they're not if the other side of that equation isn't cool with you, then you're willing to do something else. But don't complain about it. That's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's well, double. That that's that's the it's the dichotomy that I have an issue with. You see, if I was an editor at DC, knowing that world-class caliber artist Steve Rude wanted to work with me, I don't know. I think I'd let him put the spiky gauntlet on and cram it up my ass because how, how many... Uh, that? Uh, well, a couple a, things. A vis- First of all, D- DC editors don't get to... They, they don't get free reign except well, for, you know, maybe a couple guys, maybe Mike Martz these days. They don't get free reign to hire whoever they want at whatever Well, okay, if I was the person uh, right, in charge saying, of... You know, with Rude comes not just Rude, but it comes rude with the expectation. He's very clear that he feels he's worth a level of recompense that I don't think commercially is justifiable. Mm. And that's the issue, right? Is that yeah, he, I, I, he, he wants to be paid like he's Steve Rude Nexus in the, Mike, you know, at the Halcyon time when we were all like, holy shit, who is this guy? But he is and, worth it. The market just can't support that now. But, well, but again, if the market can't support it, he's not worth it. That's. Yeah. Um, and again, I, not to, I'm not bringing this name up to get under Chris's skin because I know we've had, but, but, you know, but, you know, uh, you know, I'm buddies with Rob Liefeld and regardless of this is not a conversation about his artwork. I, I'm not trying to, no, go it's, it's what but, the market but, bears. But what I'm saying is, is, is the interview he did with John Suntress on mm-hmm. Word Balloon. You know, the cool thing about that is that love or hate Rob's artwork. And, you know, I've always loved his art. There was a time years ago when he was not, he, he did burn bridges. He he did make some 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 enemies in the industry, and to his credit, he has shown maturity. You know, as he's gotten older and become a father, you listen to him talk to John. He's he gets it now. You know, he he had to swallow his pride. He wanted to get back in the industry. He had to change his perspective on things. He had to take a page rate that was commensurate with people that were you know not necessarily you know the long gone of the days where you command whatever rate you want because you're you know an image guy he had to make deadlines he had to take a book like hawk and dove that he knew going in was likely to be one of the lowest selling books in the dc relaunch and prove that you know his style and being able to make deadlines would hopefully give him an opportunity to work on bigger books like he he accepted all of that and again there's nothing to do about the relative merits of of art on any artist i'm saying he woke up one day you know, a couple of years ago, and said, "I if I really want to get back into the industry, I need to change the way I'm behaving." And and he did it. And so that's where I say to guys like Rude, like, I get you're talented, dude, but it 
but you know, if you really want to work in corporate comics, you, you got to play the corporate game. And, yeah. and and we could all say how it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Like that's just so you know you can't. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly right, and expecting right. a different outcome. But and, but see, it it is working for for Liefeld though. The the plan that's is my working point, because right but in that's proportion my point. he changed he matured exactly. So uh, the, the comic industry now is, is nowhere near what it was when Mister Five on One was doing commercials, right? <laughs> yeah. But but in proportion, I would say that he's is as popular now as he was back then because Absolutely. he he has fostered a new kind of respect for himself. Y- yes. You know, you you may you may not like his artwork, but. Uh, the the man and and the way he conducts himself online and and in interviews and stuff you gotta respect it i mean he's he's honest and you know we don't always see a whole lot of that uh yeah he made mistakes but now he's he's i don't it's almost like a textbook case of come you know the comeback yeah whoever whoever thought like maybe like um like david's boy like matt wagner like well you know i mean matt has not done a tremendous amount of comics work you know in, in recent years um but like he's not like complaining about it he's not saying right. i should be on batman but <laughs> they're but they're being you know what i mean like he he's yeah. made a choice to do what he you know to take his own path creatively and, and professionally and, and i tell you that the justice league 100 image is fantastic that yeah absolutely but you know what my Ooh. point is is like he's he's another guy that like he's not steeped in this notion of like well i'm a legend and i should be treated right. as such right. well right you know what you, the comics industry is a is a is a devilish, uh, unforgiving market. I mean, look, anytime, anytime I go to like Comic Book DB to look up something, I'm always stunned. Or I'm looking at old comic books in in my long boxes. I'm always stunned at how we, you know, there are guys that we remember fondly and talk about. And let's be honest, collectively, we we have a pretty good uh, memory for uh, the history of of the industry. Especially David, whenever you're talking about inkers. But there are, I mean, dude, pick out one of your long boxes and start going through. There are just hundreds of writers yeah. and editors and inkers and colorists and pencilers that used to be on big books for arcs or for even years sometimes that just don't work anymore. And oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure some went yeah, on to other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we forget. Like, we forget. And I always bring this up when we talk about this kind of stuff. But the one thing I'll say about Bendis – Regardless of you know where he is in his you know uh, overall pr- perspective, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, thing I, the thing I'll always say complimentary about Bendis, regardless of of anything else going on, uh, is that he always, to me, strikes me as someone who gets that um, he's had a really long run at the top, and he's not, he's not, he never once thinks that it's going to continue that way forever. He understands yeah. at some and point, he's, and he's had a good what twelve absolutely, year which run. is way I think way longer than he probably would have expected, and I think yeah. that most people get. But my point is, he's never been under any illusions of that. He knows that at some point he'll be a guy that gets work, but isn't Bendis. You know, he's not the top dog, and uh, and and that's that's where I and I, I I'm not suggesting that's easy. Like I don't, especially for the artistic side of things. Like I, I think Rude is clearly very passionate. He takes his artwork very seriously, which is which is certainly laudable. But you know, I mean, when you when you're when you're having trouble paying your mortgage, yeah. you know, you got to swallow your pride, right? I mean, what would you guys do? What would we all do to 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 put food on the table, right? I mean, so would yeah. hesitate, would yep. not hesitate, yeah. So yep. that's all. Sobering, huh? 
Yeah, I guess we went off on a bit of a tangent there. But. Well, where the hell is Vince? How once did anybody bring up Burn? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in 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 terms of Matt Wagner, he obviously has no pride because he works for Dynamite. So awesome. And 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 now <laughs> I will. What was that? And now for Legendary. Yeah, uh, I heard Zorro's really good. I've heard that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Burn. You know, the cool thing about Burn is. He's in a, I mean, Byrne has like worked regularly for years now. Oh, but sure. It's totally out of the limelight. Like, yeah, we know he works for, he we know he's doing he's his He's doing but, it, man. And, but he can also, he's, he's still, I mean, he's, his fans seem to have no problem plunking down like 20 grand for commission, for recreation, for, for well, their, what? Was, well, no, um, that was, that was one guy who, who had him do an entire comic. Right. Um, and, and yeah. but, it's, but that's the thing. I mean, he can still, and he, we mentioned Rude and, and, and how Rude will say, you know, I can change the way things go if, if they'll give me the chance. But Byrne can say that, too. But Byrne keeps it in his own little corner of the Internet. He's got his form. And as long as you don't, you know, stray off his path and the way things go, everything's rosy. But, you know, he'll he'll tell you that unless you're a member of the Justice League of America, you cannot call Superman suits. And it's like, you know, and it's Hilarious. And, and uh. just like... <laughs> Okay, do you know? Yeah, he's crazy. It's, yeah, exactly. But I mean, and but he, but like Jason just said, he's he he did the Star Trek stuff. He's doing what's it? Is it the Cold War book you're reading, Chris? Yeah, yeah, that's Cold War is man. If you like, um, he did the Angel Sean Connery and like late Sean Connery, early Roger Moore era James Bond, you will love Cold War. I think I'm definitely yeah. going to get the trade. It I, is. It is. It's totally uh, that 19, you know, late 50s, 60s Cold War espionage, very British, um, very um, uh, inappropriate humor um, of of that era. I love it. I, and and burn. It's it's modern burn, but it's. It's still good, man. Great, oh, lettering himself. The, the thing is with with the um, it, don't, don't forget next man. But see, that's it, it's he's still right, doing yeah, it. He's still, he's still doing it, or I mean, did it, did it end yet? Is it? Is no, it there's there's a, a series called Aftermath that okay. takes uh, place aftermath after after the, yeah. the um Father McQueen aftermath aftermath yeah. he uh he's doing his thing. Friday W. Whether they're not bothering him or he he can he, he's writing his own checks, I don't know. But he can't. It would be very much like Rude if he said, "Oh, I can't wait to go back to Marvel and finish, you know, Spider-Man Chapter One or The Last Galactic Stars or something like that." Or, I mean, <laughs> but if if he were to turn around and say, you know, DC should really let me redo. You know, Superman during the new fifty. Well, I mean, he, he had his whole. I'll never work for. I'll never work for Marvel as long as Joe Q's there. Right. And you know that was that was his thing, and that was all off of what uh, X Men: The Hidden Years. He was all had his panties in a bunch over that. Right. And that, Dude, so, they, I mean, they they so should have let Burn come back to do Superman for this new fifty two. That would have been awesome. That would have been neat. I, I that don't would have been think, really cool. I think, I think he's just Wait, done. Man, I want to go back there, right? Yeah. I, I right. think he's done taking other people's bullshit. And you know what? Hey, you'll never hear me say a bad word about John Byrne because I think the guy has fucking earned it. He was, I mean, 
the the artist and and like the the Artur creator for me growing up. So I I know I know he's an imperfect person just like all of us. Um, but I I fucking love the guy. <laughs> Have you ever met I, him? I've done about three hours worth of interviews with him. Well, I know that, but have you met him? I... Uh, not not in person. Yeah, uh, I did. Did, did you? you? Yep. Like sure way did. back in the day, or back yeah, when you had a mullet, or back when I had him. <laughs> yes, he he did comment on my mullet too. Of course no, he did. I, I met him in New York City at the Penta Hotel right when he was doing Superman. Oh wow! For, like yeah, and, and he cool. was. When's the last time he went to a con? I don't know. Wasn't wasn't the nicest person in the world. No, but, but, really? Yeah, that it's didn't not, matter to me. On a scale it was, not, of it was one, John Byrne. On, on a scale, on a scale of, one of one to Mark Teixeira. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> no, he was even he he was not not very nice. Well, yeah. at, least, at least that's smiling. Not to me, but I mean, there was a couple kids that yeah. seemed to have been aggravating him. It makes just, it makes you think, you know, that that some of these stories you've heard. May not be so far fetched. No, I saw yeah. it myself. Yeah, well, I mean, he was he wasn't you know foul, older veterans. He, if if anyone ever has a chance to say hi to Bob Layton, don't assume that that's his daughter. <laughs> Just saying. Nice. Just saying. Damn, so cool. <laughs> I want some of that. Oh, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of sane people, I I was I I decided to take advantage of a dark horse digital sale. Um, Ooh, you bought Star Wars stuff? Getting all the modern times. This was, was, this is... Oh, I know who he's going to talk about, yeah. It's probably around Thanksgiving that I did this. (laughs) But this, this, uh, like I said, speaking of sick people, because I've only read the um, the first volume, the first serial, when it was originally published in Dark Horse Presents. And what I decided to do was for 40 bucks... $39.99 Thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine for 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 thirty or forty bucks, I purchased all seven volumes of Frank Miller's Sid City Saga. Oh, oh nice! And I I finally Ooh, excuse me, I got the hiccups. God, I said Frank Miller. I I finished. I I I read um, Big Fat Kill again, and I decided to you know just pick up where I left off, and it it um. The the Dark Horse digital app is is pretty neat. I wish there was a version that I could use not on an Apple device, but for now I'm reading it on the iPad and the um I read okay. a day kill for. No, because it's it's a nice size screen. So I finally read the White's Tale. Um I thought it was a fantastic follow up. I'll I wanted to talk about this. We were kinda of doing that in air quotes Frank Miller month when we were talking about his Batman. <laughs> Frank Miller month. Um, <laughs> I, figure, I figure I'll bring it up now while, while we have some time on this episode just to touch on briefly but um, I'll finish the remaining volumes as uh, as we go into the next couple months but the um, I thought A Day to Kill for was a really cool follow up I there are some things where I think work well in a medium and and that's really fine I do own Sin City on on DVD. I've watched it um, maybe one and a half times. I don't need to see, and that's the thing. I don't need to see my comic books 
literally from page to screen translated yeah. like that. It's pretty no, close. There was no string. Or it was close. it was maybe too close. And but that I think that's for other people. For me as a fan of the comic, I fucking loved it. I that's that's fine. And if anything so if, with Carla Gugino in it is winner by me. <laughs> but the What's uh, that? especially if she's someone some tit. Oh my exactly. gosh, she is so fun. And she, she got a hand to hit you with, so you can just It's like, probably stop. a little bit too much information, but her body is identical to my wife's. Really? So I can't get enough of it. I think I'm Ding dong. Fist, this is at the door. What's up with this? <laughs> She's made me coffee, so I'm cool with that. The, That's right. Uh, um, Although she wasn't topless. No. Not, not while I was big. Well, she was. In David's mind, she was. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Thank you. He did. Uh, the, uh, but, I mean, this is obviously, since, since we're talking about only the second volume or the second serial from, from Sin City. This is before Frank kind of went off the rails a bit. And it's, um, I enjoyed, I think maybe a, a little bit of a disservice by watching the movie before continuing the, um, the, the, the comic books, because I know obviously, um, the, um, I have the deluxe set, so you can watch it either the way it was, in the theaters, or you can watch it, I guess, the way... You can watch it story by story if you want. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. um, so I, you know... Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I'd if like If you want to watch just that yellow bastard, you can. Right. right. So, um, you know, obviously in the, in, in, in the first what? sequel... Was that grumpy? No, I wouldn't do that. No. Well, I mean, you, if you, you want to watch just you that yellow bastard, or... I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of chopping shit up. Watch it the way it was presented. That's, that's well, my feeling. Well, again, Same you way. have that option. Right. Again. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Like George Lucas lives you. So, the... Um, <laughs> the I don't I, think history is going to be kind to that man. No. But that's just brief so, yeah. yeah, Lucas, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's gonna really be, he's gonna really care while he's buried into in his uh, giant crypt full of gold. <laughs> it is, it's carbon. Yeah. <laughs> the the um, I, I I enjoyed reading the first sequel and then going back and seeing Marv and, and seeing where where it kind of fits in because there were a couple of panels where where Dwight was was at the bar and and you see Dwight, um, you see Marv. I'm sorry, in, in the background muscling in on some dude and and you know I went back to the first serial and there it was from a different angle. So that was that was pretty neat because I don't know, um. Well, obviously he had a plan, but I don't know if if has he. Um, I don't know how far ahead Miller was plotting out the Sin City story, so I don't know if it was kind of a happy. Well, act. And it's the, the thing about thing about Frank Miller and Sin City is that I think the idea for Sin City was so um, so early for him. I think that was you know predates a lot of his mainstream stuff. He'd been working on Sin City for most of his life. Is what I hear anyway. Hmm. I will I give you a tip, David, though. What? If you closed your eyes for the entirety of Helen Back, you probably would like it more. Okay. It takes a real nosedive with, is with, it, is with Helen Back. Towards, that's the last one, right, Chris? Is it the last Helen one? Back? So, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's not good. Not, no. I, I, well, that's just my... I didn't like it at all. Okay. I thought the inclusion of color was... Yeah, we've talked not, enough not, about not a good the idea. last 
the last month. Truth. People think he's the well, only. What does that say, oh, though? Yeah, no, I know, but it's, no, it's, I mean, it's Can we talk uh, about Alan Moore? <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, let David finish first. No, I'm just. It was just. It, it was. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to. I mean, I've had it in my notes for a while now. To you know that I've been reading the Sin City stuff just because I had the opportunity notes. to. I, I try, but it's. I don't be like Vince when I grew up. The um, the mm. the the. Uh, it's. I mean, I just. Well, the whole story going back to purchasing the digital edition was. Um, I sent Renee a link, and I was just like, "Oh, this is so cool!" It's like you know, over a thousand pages or whatever, forty bucks. She says. Okay, and I'm. I mean, I just. She says, "Wait, this isn't. This isn't like actual books, right? Because I mean, you have no room for any of this crap. So I mean, you're not actually. Uh-huh. I, I was like, no, no, it's on the iPad. She goes, all right, yeah, go ahead, get it. And and so I mean, nice. I had right. So it was Keep just one of those. But it was. But um, you know, I mean, here it is, years later, and it's it's one of those things where I've I've always seen the collections, and I I have I have the first one in the comic form. I have, I think, the first collected edition with the really not so attractive cover with 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 the the font on the cover and it was it was um the glue might even be coming apart at the, the some of the binding but it's it's um you know it it's that was always just it it's kind of like Star Wars an episode 4 a new hope it's like that's sin city and then now it's no that that's a big fat kill and and mm. you know sin city is just the name of the whole oh, no, I- I got the oversized hardcover slipcases sitting here. Nice, looking good. So, um, but no, I mean, if if um, so, basically, I'm saying if a situation comes up where you can't take advantage of the dark horse sales, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the app itself is pretty sweet, but um, I mean, I'm just you. You don't even have to keep the the books, the stories. On the device, they're stored in the cloud, and then when you're ready to read that one, you can download it. And 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 I mean, it's just it's really kind of neat that way. I mean, similar to Comicsology, where you know if you want it, it'll it'll download to your device, and you can read it that way. But um, when they have those sales, just just jump on them because they don't they they do have some pretty crazy sales. It's not like oh, it's just a buck off. It's like you know they'll they'll do half off, and they'll do them on, and they they have some pretty funky bundles. So. Just yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You could get all the Star Wars comics ever published by Dark Horse for like a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks for yeah. Wait, on, really? No, on yeah, the, that this, yeah. it was um, Black Friday. Yeah, no, there, that was Black. Oh Friday. man, I wish somebody had told me that. Then uh, I'm pretty sure we linked in the, in the forum, but it was. Um, <laughs> I, I no no <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying no. <laughs> the buddy Wood said, "Hey, oh, all right, yep. well, I, hook a brother I, up." I retweeted it, but no, there's the um, oh, and that's the other thing. Skyrim. No, this is before Skyrim. Don't even try. <laughs> um. But also in the uh, on the forum, there's a uh, digital comics deals thread, and whenever um, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, or, or Comicsology has a sale, someone's always updating the thread that way. But um, and where can they find that? Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or eleven o'clockcomics.com. That's right. But the uh, so yeah, so so Dark Horse Digital, thank you. It was it, it, it's been a fun read. Yeah, I'm seriously considering. Uh, going digital with the DC titles that I buy because, like I said, I tweeted today. I absolutely cannot stand. I can't stand the paper. Can't stand it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's it's garbage. The digital, yeah. great. So there we go. What else we got, Chris? Did you have something to say about Alan Moore? No, I was just joking. Oh, it was making a funny. 
uh, yeah. So we should end this brouhaha. You know why? Oh, because are we already there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we got awards. We got awards to finish. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, this episode. Oh, and you're so cracking up. Wow, and you're cracking up. All right. Do something. Come on, someone, someone, someone talk about something. Something, something. Uh huh. Skyrim talk. (laughs) I. I Here you go. Wait, before you get this game. Mm hmm. Um, anybody, (coughs) excuse me. Anybody that's, uh, listening that, um, I'm sure that among our listenership, there are quite a few people that were on Walking Dead, the comic book, early on. Well, mm-hmm. if you happen to be one of those people that still have early single issues in bags and boards, and you're not, like, obsessive about the series, by all means, please sell them. Because <laughs> I was looking on eBay uh, mm-hmm. earlier today uh, in the comic section, and someone was selling uh, issues 1, 2, 3, and 4 um, for... Uh, and there was another day and a half left in the auction, and it was already up to six hundred bucks. Holy crap! That's wow. crazy. That's that crazy, is. y'all. Uh, so, and I was checking around. Like, number one fetches mad money, especially if you slab it. But you know, like, I've got uh, two, four and five and stuff are getting that kind of money. You honestly, people like I, I, I know some of you think that like Walking Dead is gonna be worth Action Comics money someday. It's no, no, <laughs> like, no. Honestly, it, like, like, it's like, it reminds me whenever uh, whenever the Watchmen movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Kinda, I sold my my Watchmen single issues for two hundred and fifty bucks or something. Exactly. You can buy them back for seventy dollars now. Yeah. Now, were there, that, have there been the a lot of um, What's that? Have there been a lot of? Have there been multiple printings of the first few issues? I know oh, they've yeah. done. He done oh, the oh, oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. so, in okay. so many ridiculous one though. So it's, it's you know I've got um, I've got the the deluxe editions, the the three volumes that they've come out with. You know the the slipcase bound ones. Yeah, I've got the I've got the first one, which is out of print, and it's signed by uh, Kirkman, Adler, and Tony Moore. Nice. I bet I bet you I could probably pull a, a dollar or two for that if I wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah. I'll but keep. You could say one of the zombie, one of the walkers signed it. <laughs> I, the only, actually, the only creator uh, is uh, Cliff uh, Cliff Rathburn is the only one that hasn't. Uh, there you go. Uh, find it. But seriously, folks, like I, I just like don't. It, it, Ten years from now, Walking Dead number one is not going to be worth five hundred dollars. No. So I sold mine way back. Yep. I remember when yeah. you did. I mean, yeah. I, I know people were selling it for like a hundred, two hundred bucks, but when you can start selling the second, third, and fourth issue for. Yeah, you know, it's, it's I still have number three. I should I should get rid of that. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Cool. Do it. All right. Like I was saying before. Yeah. This episode of uh, Eleven O'clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember this: from Image Comics, you can get Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples Saga number Stand one. Up, Fifty percent off. You get it for a buck forty nine. And what an awesome combination that is. Yeah. Yeah, and how many times have I bought this? The Savage Dragon Ultimate Collection Volume One hardcover is cut in half. You can get it for a measly seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. I have it in multiple formats. I'm buying it again. Don't ask me why. I just am. Oh. I'm still <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're crazy. I love Savage Dragon. I'm sorry. Uh, there may be a page in there that I don't have. Must have it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, in your travels. Do like me 
and and read Century 1969 by Alan Moore <laughs> oh, and, and Kevin O'Neill because you know what you guys have been you guys have been sleeping on this book and we need to we need to talk about this uh, soon. That's funny. So. <laughs> Good one, Twins. Good thank, one. Thank you. Especially Neesman. Jesus. I'm, Read something I'm, good. It's slacker. I'm going to um, just ditto Vince's. Oh. Read it. Wow. You need to read. You need to read it before next week. It's really good. It's it's gonna it's gonna come up several times. Yeah. It's, uh, but I tell you what, Vince, I'll um uh, I'll do you a solid and and do myself a favor at the same time and get uh, all caught up on the new stories new stories of Love and Rockets. Oh, I bet you you change uh, a thing or two in your your vote. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of changing one or two myself. Yeah, it's Ooh. yeah, it's never easy, is it? No, no. Damn. See, I haven't read it, so I can't do a ditto like Chris. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't wimp out. So, I'll say, go ahead. And I decided to to give these first five issues a spin, and um, I'm actually rather. Uh, I'm hooked. I'll say it's it's uh, it's a little series put out by. Um, Published by Image, written by um, the, the guy who's going to catch on big. He's writing Batman right now. Written by Scott Snyder. Oh, and, oh uh, yeah. And Scott Tuft. Art oh. by <laughs> Attila Futaki. Uh, this is a little series known as Severed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this, so good. This, I, you know, I thanks to Jason. I've been reading. I'm a little behind, but I, I decided to give American Vampire a try. I, I have not read any of Scott's detective work. I, I just I've, I've only been reading Scott Snyder since he's been doing Batman with with, with Capullo and Glapion, and um, so I haven't read his entire catalog yet. But this is um, <laughs> this is not. I love how life. you say Capullo and Glapion. Well, who else is going to say the Inker's name? It's <laughs> true. It's true. Everybody's like, "Yeah, Capullo's yeah, a beast." Capullo but, and who? Yeah. Capullo. <laughs> but um, this is uh, this is if if you're familiar with Snyder on on um, on American Vampire, this is in a similar vein. It's not a um, it's not a feel good story. It's it it can hit a little close to home depending on um, people you know or where you've lived. Uh, it's um, it takes place in the early 1900s or 19. The, the it's, depre- it's, depre- so. yeah. it's depression era. Um, I I am I'm not huge on um on flashback stories because we're 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 introduced to a couple of people early on in the first issue and then we get a flashback to 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 this person telling the story, but we don't know enough about it to know where things are going. For, for the people that we've been introduced to. So um, I've been as a little bummed to find out that um, fi- to, to find out that one of the characters um, does yeah. not. Uh, yeah. So I won't, I won't spoil it for yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, That was rough. That yeah, was that was because I didn't know where, where, where they were going when you got to the end of the issue. But it's, um, it's, it's really, the, the art is fantastic. Um, yeah, Vince, this is something I'm shocked you're not reading. I plan to. Good. It's, it's a horror book, dude. Yeah, it, it's it, it will probably end up on, on somewhere on my eleven o'clock. But this, yes. one, if you ever finish them, yep. 
Oh, no, right? What oh. the hell? Blank canvas, folks. Week. Blank well, canvas. Not, oh, if not. Don't even you know, Jason, in all honesty, we're always nagging him last week to do his love and Oscars, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it's it's every year. It's the same thing. David, come on, fill them out. <laughs> At least he was thoughtful enough to log in before the the day before this. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, and for those of those oh, yeah. who don't know, it's usually me. They're hounding towards yes. the end. Yes. About that. Yeah. How's it feel, Vince? Feel you get your big boy I'm, pants I'm pretty strong. There you go. <laughs> Winning. So <laughs> Tiger so, Blood. So check out check out Severed if if you haven't if you've been on the wrong with him. what's going on. Um it's I'm 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 very pleased with, with, with where things are going with it. Cool. Nice. Well, uh, lastly, in your travels, uh, head on over to our forums uh, and make sure you vote for the 11 o'clockers. You got to. Because we're going to do this. Next you still time. have time. Yep. Yeah, we're going to do check this. Out, and check out the, the um, Skyrim master thread. Oh, man. How many yes. pages is it? And then it's eight or nine now? It's oh, shit. Right. I was going to say, you've probably read enough comics. So <laughs> log into the magical world of the Elder Scrolls <laughs> Kingdom oh, of Skyrim. And might I recommend a Companions Quest, perhaps joining the Thieves Guild, if you're really daring, <laughs> raising your smithing up so you can build dragon armor. Dude, Dude. finally found the lever stone. Very happy. Nice. Us. Nice. Yeah. I got the heart stone <laughs> last night. It, um, it, but either way, the lever stone, rather. Um, but either way, uh, it's the jam, people. It's, uh, it's, it's the most fun I've had playing a video game in at least uh, five years. Yeah, it's, it's kind of silly. It silly? Is. <laughs> I like uh, Skylanders. It sounds like Skyrim. Yeah, is, awesome. Skylanders is awesome. This, this is this is everything that whenever you played D and D, this is I mean this is the world. Skylanders is to Skyrim as a grilled cheese sandwich is to a giant house sized cheese fondue set. But you've never played Skylanders, have you? Mayhap. Really, oh. you haven't? You buy it for the kids? Oh, 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 oh. Mayhap. Nice. What'd you get them? Mayhap, not nothing. <laughs> Mayhap, I'm lying. That's cool. Right. No, we're loving it. Loving the sky. The sky nah, it looks a lot of fun. I just, uh, my boys were. I was looking for them not to realize that it existed until, uh, until after Christmas. Although now that they're all back to school and talking about what they all got, uh, my oldest is like, "There's this game called Skylanders." Like, there you go. I'm like, well, your birthday's in March, dude. So, dude, it's tough. Yeah, to, it's, it's tough to get. I mean, uh, most of the stores, really? most of the stores in my area, you can get the game, which uh, comes with three figures and the little portal and stuff, and the, obviously the disc. But right. the, the booster packs really hard to get. Don't hate the game, hate the booster packs. I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I gotta what do you mean? What do you mean? All right. We're not done. You have to go yes, for some steel. Yes, <laughs> Is that a euphemism? No. no. Unfortunately, it's not. I need to enchant. I need to enchant my new dwarven bow. Come on. Oh, boy. You know, if I ever said that, you guys would be relentless. <laughs> but what's funny uh, is I never even played D&D. This is not yeah. even like this is totally not my thing, but it's yeah, I've not I've not got the enchanting down. I'm starting. I'm just kind of getting into the the smithing and the uh, the yeah, alchemy. You gotta buy yourself a house, pretty put an alchemy lab in the house, and it's much easier. Yeah, pretty Thurston Sir, Eastman. What? Might thou just... enchant me a suit of armor? No, <sighs> killed me a fucking dragon. Because Lydia's starting to annoy me. I had to drop the Lydia at the curve. Yeah, we're done. Wait, we are. Oh, we're <laughs> 
What don't you want about Lydia? I'm, I'm about done with her. Why? Is she trying to get on your junk? Uh, if she was trying to get on my junk, I might keep her around. She's just I heard if you drop her off at the house, she hangs out in your bedroom until you come oh. back. Nah, there's, there's better mates than Lydia. I like Liddy. Liddy can kick some ass if she needs to. Is this a mature rated game? What's that? Is this a mature rated game? Bloody. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, there's massive bloodshed and death. Is there titty in it? Death. No, 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 no. no. God of War has titties in it. (laughs) Well, then. The Skylanders have titty? Oh, God, no. No. Because you know me and how I love to cook. I actually enjoy the cooking part of the game. Yeah, you can combine different ingredients to make like better better meals. Dude, it's not real. It is like real though. How can you taste it? How do you know what you're making? Does it taste like shit? Chris, last night I walked out of a house uh-huh. and a freaking blood dragon landed two feet from the house and fried me. Oh, it's all over. I was like, what? This I haven't started killing dragons yet. So, oh, the first one's a lot of fun. The second one schooled me. I had to reboot. It fried. fried <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think we're finished. I can't follow that up. Oh, man. What's been awesome has been... Also, in your travels, if you're any kind of man or woman, strap one on or just fix your junk. Head to Vegas this weekend. Hang out with Woodrow. I'll be there. Oh, boy. You know damn well that if somebody publishes a a Skyrim comic and you know they're going to... You guys are going to be on that like... like, Oh, my God. I'll be on that like what? All right, son. Like filling in a twink here? Are you kidding me? Oh. So there's there's more Skyrim in our futures. Yay. Love it. That's all right. It's okay. Game of Thrones comics coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I wish you I wish it was different um, than than everything else that's been Game of Thrones. I mean, it's basically retelling the st- the same story that that we already know. Well, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. So, I check out at the novel. Did, uh, any of you guys read the Hunger Games trilogy? I have the first book on my Kindle. Cool. I recommend it. The uh, the movies. I saw. I went to see uh, Mission Impossible this weekend. Oh, I've heard good. How was it? Uh, it was good. I I honestly, to, I mean, to be completely honest, I thought it was a little slow. Um, okay. But but it was overall good. I mean, I it was I enjoyed it. You know, for what it was, it was kind of what you would expect it to be. You know. Right. Um, I thought the characters all had good chemistry together. Um, the woman, the 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 female agent, is redonkulously beautiful. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen her before in anything, but wow. Um, but uh, but in the previews, there were like eight thousand previews, and uh, one of the previews was for the Hunger Games, and uh, it just looks amazing. I mean, it's, oh cool, okay, yeah. So oh, like Dark Knight Rises, was that? I've it? gotten I, well. I've no. gotten to the point that I don't like watching previews. Um, it's like I didn't watch any of the Captain America previews, mm-hmm. and because of that, I think I enjoyed the movie more. You know, God, there was someone on our forum that was just ripping Cap, a new asshole, hated yeah. that. Oh, like, was, it, was it Joey Malpractice? I don't think. Nah, so. I, no. I, I don't know. It's like I, it was kind of a fun movie. It's you know, it's yeah, not going to be fucking that. Citizen Kane, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did see the um, uh, the what Rise of the Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty sweet. You know, I, I've told you guys this. My one of my best friends uh, produces movie trailers. That's what he does for a living, mm-hmm. and uh, and a lot, a lot of the trailers that I mean, a lot of the biggest movies. And uh, so we've talked a bunch about it. And you know, it's it's um, 
I mean, for those that ever thought about, wondered about it, it's 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 a real give and take, you know, to to because uh, because they have mandates, you know, to, to 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 sell the movie to get people to come to the movie, sure. and uh, a lot of times the studios blatantly tell them you have to put these scenes in there, so it's not like they're in giving it away to the chagrin of the creatives. Like the suits are basically saying to them a lot of times, like you, these three scenes need to be in, in the cutscenes. You need to have show these moments. Wow. Uh, so you know that's yeah. don't, it's, it's not like the trailer maker's fault, if you want to say. I mean, they, the the whole concept of trailers has evolved to the point where it has to be much. Uh, it's expected that it's going to be much more forthcoming in uh, in what you're going to get. So got to sell it. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They market test that shit mm-hmm. big time. I fail to that's, see how um, they're going to eclipse the the greatest superhero movie of all time with the, with this. <laughs> Superman. Superman? No. Well, Dark Knight. <laughs> Wait, now we're done. Shout, out, shout out to Buddha Jones Productions. Cool. Thank you for being here. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be. <laughs> what you guys don't know listening at home is that we're five minutes from Vince being like, oh, that episode was rough. No, no. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's rough. You're going to say it's rough. Nah. Except for the Woodrow I thought it was stuff. good, though. I had fun. I was. I couldn't get to the fucking point to save my life, but I had fun. <laughs> Why should that be different? <laughs> Ding! Ding! Here we hey, go. Everybody, off the same <laughs> I can't wait to see David vote for some things on our third. That's going to be the. I would love to see those little vacant cells be filled would in you? with words. Would That'd you? be great. Yeah. I was, oh, I, was trying, well, I was trying to fill some things in earlier today, and uh, and Chrome kept crashing on me. Chrome has been crashing a lot on me lately. Yeah. I'm getting a little, the freezy computer that's all cold with the f- snowflakes next to it. You know, the little icon that comes up saying, yeah. ooh, you know what? It keeps doing it. I'll go back to goddamn Firefox. I was yep. going to say, I mean, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, I, I don't, I can't, I got to be filling in these Oclosters. I can't be having Google Docs lock, lock up on me every three seconds. I know. What's don't up with the Chrome? Chrome. Get you, get your well, it's go- it's all designed to, you would think that Google Chrome would be ideal for using Google Docs. Right. <laughs> Chris, what do you use? Firefox. I hate it. Don't you guys use Safari, you Apple people? I don't like Safari either. Why not? It's it's cumbersome. Fucking bulky. Exactly. It's exactly what I was going to look for. Uh, See, I always hear people complain, but like, I only my only experience with Safari is on the iPad, and I think it's perfectly. Um, Well, yeah. If if I can't have the bookmarks to the left of me, I I don't like it. It just feels it feels feels wrong. Yep. Here I am. Stuck in the middle. I know. David, what were you going to say? No, nothing. Nothing? All right. Say goodbye then. And say. Fucking bye then. Say call me. You want me to say that? I want you to. Call me. (laughs) We're so out of here. Bye. We love you. We love you a lot. Even Chris. You're right. You're all right. What you mean, even Chris? I don't even get one fucking week after the colon page, and you're fucking... Oh, snap. Oh, no, no. Every every week I say, we love you, and you're like, what? what wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, 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 don't, you don't make with the L word very easily. Oh, and so I have to say it for you. For Kevin My L's sound like W's. What? Don't forget to bid on Kevin Eastman's studio, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, everybody. That's uncomfortable. There's some cool shit, but yeah, no. It's, yeah, no. <laughs> you could you could tell Julie Strange just ripped his heart out. And, Does he and need the money? We should. I don't, pull, I don't know, but pull our money together. That's and not, it's not for him. I think a lot of that's going to Hero. Isn't it's twenty it? percent. A, a portion. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just trying to clear shit out. I could see I if he had some studio. 
Oh, good. All those naked men magazines. Nobody wants those. So wait, so Julie, I'm gathering from your comments that he and Julie Strain broke up. Yeah, they're 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 yeah, not a couple anymore. And you see the one part where he's holding up the fact to art, and he's like, "Yeah, this is uh, an image I did with the actress Julie Strain," and he's looking at it for way longer than I would like him to. Oh, yeah. oh and he, uh, you just tell he's like, "Yeah, I hit that a bunch." How about of our times. boy Gene Simmons? <laughs> and now, and now I can't hit it anymore. Gene Simmons finally popping the question. Yeah, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, twenty-eight years he's been with her. Yeah, wow, he's, he's insane. You know, he invented marriage, Gene Simmons. <laughs> Dude, you know what I'll say about Gene Simmons though? He's not awesome. much. I'm not much of a, of a Kiss fan, but Homeboy knew how to monetize his brand. You better believe he did. Sorry. Yeah, I love Kiss. Oh, it's first concert I ever saw. 1980 Madison Square Garden Dynasty tour. Yes. Dude, I would kill to see Vince. With a mullet and David with his fucking seagulls, dude. <laughs> Hanging out, awesome. no, no, Tony, 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 do. Oh, that's my game. That's I was, I, I look like fucking Wayne Campbell. Here with me? Yeah, that was me. Wayne Campbell. I had the kid play with him. Damn, house party. All right, we're out of here. Say bye. Bye. Later, dude. Tunes him.